Sorry. Get welcome, on with it. Welcome to the rebellion's <laughs> fucking hell. You ruined my intro. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. That's a great this start, is isn't it? For real. All right. All right. Look, look, I'm already. No, no. You gotta keep it in. Keep it in the recording. It's a great start. Look, this is how I'm going to invade the EU podcast from now on. Just get on with it. All right, all right. What I'm adding this to? I will add this in too. Fuck you, Dom. All right, let's go. <laughs> all right. What's up, everyone? And welcome to the Rebellion's Edge podcast. This time about psychological horror. Mm-hmm. What up? I'm Martin. <laughs> but you guys already knew that, probably. And uh, uh, today we have some interesting people here. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. So we have Dom here. What's up? Hi, I'm from the North American server, and I yes. usually go on North American content. Yes, you also ruined my intro. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> to be honest, he made it better. <laughs> Dopper, he's back. Hello, I'm here. Mr. Uh, the Shadow Pyro, what's up? Uh, it's Pyro, I move between the EU and... The North American servers. Yes. He's a cool guy. Just know that. Really nice. <laughs> Good evening. Yes. Also, uh, before we continue, really nice, what do you think of uh, pregnant oh, Asian yeah. women? We'll talk about Fuck. it later. Fucking what? <laughs> There's going to be people in the comments asking about that, you know. Yeah. Shadow, what's up? Yo, what's up, guys? Yay, what's up? Yay. And Mr. Jojo, how are you doing? I am a motherfucking Jojo reference. Fuck's sake. (laughs) All right. All right, all right. So before we begin, the Asian pregnant woman, right? Reloads here played a game called Home Sweet Home, which also actually has has reporter to do, so that's why we can mention it. And he was so scared the entire time that this pregnant Asian lady ghost from the grudge was gonna get him. It was so funny. You guys should check it, check that stream out on his channel. Alright, but let's get on with it. <laughs> so, question well, quite well number one, I guess. Alright, so let's start off by talking about your experience with the aspects of psychological horror in video games. What? What, what titties? <laughs> the titties? Titties! <laughs> Ghost titties! <laughs> it took us, it took us <laughs> this long to notice the freaking spelling no, no, error. No, 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 no. The I thing, the first time. a lot of cool things thanks to titties. The first time <laughs> I read <laughs> to this thing, I noticed that. I, I didn't want to say anything because I wanted this to happen when we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, alright. What titties and prospects? Introduce you to this level of horror initially. <laughs> oh, jeez. Alright. Who wants to go first? Dog. I'll go Dog. first. <laughs> um, I'll go down the list. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to really be talking about this in a very broad perspective because I, I haven't experienced too many uh, psychological horror games, but I, I know about a few. Um, but I guess the best example would be, obviously, is uh, Silent Hill. 
uh because silent hill really has to deal with a lot of like psychological aspects and uh very um you know different uh, there's a lot of meaning to ev everything that you see in that game, um, whether it be very psychological or um, spiritual in some some sense. Um, so initially, I would say like Silent Hill Two would be um, would be that game that uh, introduced me to that sort of experience. All right, nice. Go sit have titties though. Um, <laughs> yes, not the kind of not the kinds that you would want to play with. Or oh, that's true. You do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, I, I didn't read. Oh, oh, sorry, uh, I didn't really get into uh, actual like real uh, legit horror games till like really late. Uh, you know, the, I played the I played the usual games like the Dead Space, the Amnesias, uh, the Resident Evils. I did play and I enjoyed them. But uh, honestly, the first game that I played that tackled any sort of like actual uh, psychological horror instead of just you know jump scares, monsters. Uh, I think that was a game called uh, Sanitarium. I don't know if any of you've heard of that. Oh, I played uh, that game. Yeah. That game is so good. I yeah, it, it is a top-down, like point-and-click adventure game where you play as uh, as an amnesiac uh, person who wakes up in a very, very strange sanatorium uh, with amnesia of. Because, of course, every game has to start with amnesia. Uh, and the only thing he really remembers that uh, is car crashed. And now he has to figure out what, what's going on, where is he, what's go why is everything so uh, strange and out of place. And as the game progresses, uh, it becomes clear that you're not, you're actually like, uh, 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 playing or reliving like parts of that this man's like uh, either child memories or uh, fantasies. Uh, you get, you uh, go into like his uh, his uh, childhood traumas. You go into like uh, things like uh, comic books that he used to read, and it's all incredibly like in interesting in in like a sort of allergy, uh, the allegories for. Uh, uh, what he's what he's trying to accomplish and what he's trying like trying to remember. Yeah, it's almost uh, two decades old now as well. Yeah, but it's it, yeah, it's, it's, it's it is a it is a really old game. Like, but it it it's I think it still holds up. I re I recommend you people listening out there actually get it on Steam or good old games. Get the good old games version. That one's like perfect. Hmm. I think it's like what five dollars now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I actually recommend that game as well. It's aged very well. Uh, it's a good game, you know. Mm. Uh, all right. Has anyone got anything else, or should I go? Uh, no, I've got one. My one's the same as um. It's gonna be Silent Hill. That was the first real. Psychological, psychological horror game that I actually played. I did um, a bit of time on Resident Evil, 
but really I actually had the demo for Metal Gear, not the demo, the game Metal Gear Solid and it came with the demo of Silent Hill. And it was, I just remember playing it and going, ended up in the hospital with the nurses with the titties. <laughs> and like, it was me and two of my guys just playing the game, like legit daylight. And we were scared shitless and ran out of bullets, hopping away and everything. And next thing you know, there's this nurse just biting our ankles and we screamed and turned the game off. And from that point on, Silent Hill's legit been one of those games. I actually avoid psychological horror games as much as possible, but there are a few that catch me, but Silent Hill was my first one that made me go, this shit's real. Hmm. All right. Martin? Yes. You want to go? Hmm. A part, part of me wants to go now, but the, does anyone else have anything to say first? Because well, it's your name I on have, the list. I have a lot of them. Let's just say. Oh, did did JoJo want to go, or did he already go? Um, I'm at I'm at I'm at the I'm, I figured I would go last since I'm at the bottom of the. I, I figured we were going in order on the list here, so I, I figured I'd go last or something. All right, all right, I'll go then. I'll go then. But. Uh, Obviously, the uh, the elephant in the room, Silent Hill. Uh, specifically, two. I borrowed that when I was nine, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I booted it up. <laughs> and so, so I I had this rule back back when I was nine. Then, right, that I could not play PG games. So, but I borrowed this fucker from my friend. All right, so I had to keep it hidden. And whenever I did actually turn it on, to, like to to play it, I was scared shitless. Like I think I only made it two or three hours in when I played it, and th then I just fully stopped because I was scared shitless. You, you know, Im Im imagine nine-year-old me playing Silent Hill too. It wasn't that fun, you know. <laughs> I can relate to that. Now going going yeah. back to it though, it's just a great game. Hmm. That was Three. Three notes. Alright, I'll go then. Mine's, my first one's going to be the same as like everyone's Silent Hill 1. But my story about it is, as always, if I have a story about the game first time playing it, it's because of my brother, as always. So, I get, guess the game, he's a big fan of horror games. Always been, I can't play horror games. I've never been able to play horror games. I just can't do it. And that first time, I couldn't do it either. Because my brother told me that it was a fun game with, like, balls and shit. You know, like, beach balls and stuff. Like, a kid's game. I was like, cool, that sounds really fun. Because I was, like, 10. But shit, it wasn't. I couldn't sleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> was it the first one? Yeah. Oh, poor you. Yeah. Oh. I know that day. Wait, so did you, like, experience the part where um, Harry walks into the alleyway and he sees the guy, like, hung up in uh, barbed wire and shit? And it's, like, all dark in the alleyway? Oh, no. <laughs> Let me tell you this. My brother forced me to play that game, like, the entire game. He forced <laughs> me to play it. I was not allowed to leave until the game was finished. Is he holding you hostage or something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically. This guy... Finish this game or put a cap in your ass. 
You want to play a little game? Oh, it's Jigsaw now. <laughs> Jigsaw forces someone to play Silent Hill. Jigsaw is older brother. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, to put it like to like a more believable sense, that in another podcast where I play, about play, PlayStation Two, I told you that my brother broke my rib because he wanted me to play a game. Ah, it makes Until a lot more sense now. Kick me. To get me to play that game, I mentioned that in that podcast too. So yeah, my yeah. brother is a bit well, fucked up and me. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. Totally. Yes. All right, Shadow, what do you got? Well, we're gonna be the odd one out, I guess, because my first kind of game of this uh, variety wasn't Silent Hill because I didn't seek out that kind of game back then. Um, basically, I was brought to this uh, genre with a game I thought was not um, of that genre. Um, basically, I bought Fear because I thought it was a shooter. And it was a shooter. T- turns, turns out Fear was not really just a, a, a shooter. That was me, dumb, I don't know, 12, 15-year-old thinking, yeah, that's another Call of Duty type of game. Wait. I don't know. <laughs> First one? Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I never played any horror games before. I never really sought them out. So That's the scariest one. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's great. <laughs> Especially if you go into it thinking it's a, like a, a standard kind of shooter thing. I know the name should have clued me in, but yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I'm not a. I'm not the only idiot. That's good. I did that too, but with fear too. <laughs> <laughs> Fear 2 is more of a shooter than Fear 1, though, so that's fair. Oh, yeah, but I was older than, than you know, nine-year-olds, so I could play it. <laughs> I could play it. It was scary shit, though. Yep. Yeah. Yo, yo, what do you got? All right, um, of course I'm going to mention Silent Hill 2, me being the uh, big Silent Hill nerd and all. Um, I also did, like, Sanitarium for the, the psychological stuff because... The guy was going through a big, a big like you know, dream world, trying to <clears throat> reconstruct his identity and his past. And when you learn about it, it's really, it's it's that it's those games kind of horror where where you just where you just see the the thing like like the like the uh, the mirror room in Silent Hill Three. I don't know if you guys remember that one with the the mirror that would blacken up and your reflection would would stop. You would it, it was that kind of fear where where like you don't know what the hell is going on, but you can't you're simultaneously repulsed but attracted to it. Like like how like I'm sure a lot of you who played uh, a lot of people in here who played uh Silent Hill two and saw the uh and when you saw Pyramid Head behind those uh behind those bars in the apartment complex, you're like, Holy fuck. That that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, psychological horror I get. I I really love the kind that makes you feel something. You know, that's why I liked uh, Silent Hill Two the most, along with uh, Sanitarium. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played this one. It's called uh, Dream Web. It was a DOS point and click game from like 1994. You played that? No, I heard of it, but never played it. Yeah. yeah, it's those kind of games where the atmosphere itself gives you the chills. 
I mm. love it. Yeah. Also, we're probably gonna play Silent Hill on here a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, don't it's, get me wrong. It's the it is the the ultimate go to psychological horror game in my humble opinion. So yeah, I can't really blame you. It's it's probably the elephant <coughs> room, right? It's the one that's gonna be brought up constantly. It's the it's yep. it's the best. Probably the most well known. Yeah, well known. That and Alan really Wake. And, uh, yeah, was was that everyone, I guess? Yeah. 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 Alright, let's move on to uh, number two, then. What was the most memorable psychological horror moment you experienced in a video game that has a particularly well-done set piece that no one else replicated? Any game with these elements count. So, I'm gonna start Ooh. this one, so that no one steals it from me, because I can do that. And I'm gonna say, uh... The mirror room in uh, Silent Hill 3. Mm. Yeah, because I've not seen that done ever again, I believe. At, at, at least not in a video game. And it, first time, it was just like such a memorable good, good fucking scene. Because, alright, for, for, for those that have not seen this scene, there is a room in Silent Hill 3 you can go inside, alright? And when you go in there, it in the beginning it's just uh, the reflection of the main character Heather, but all of a sudden mm. some weird shit on the other side of the mirror starts coming out of the sink, and it begins covering. It begins covering the room, right? And mm. it keeps covering the room, and unless you leave, uh, the room quick enough, you get stuck in there, and it's just like, and it and it will just keep covering the room. Until you just die, you know. It's a great scene. It's it's very cool. I've not seen it done before, and my description of it is awful. But just look it up. Just look <laughs> it up. You know. All right, that was me. All right. Um, for me, actually, it would be from. It would probably be from like Silent Hill One, um, because I, I mentioned this uh, this part earlier where where you where you play as Harry. And you're just uh, you're walking through the alleyway, uh, and the the camera just kind of like swivels around, and it's really like weird the way that it does it. Uh, but I think it kind of works in that effect because like things are about to get like really shaken up and and drastically change from when you initially started the game. Um, you know, you walk in and everything starts getting like really darker, and uh, Harry pulls out a, a lighter, and you're just essentially just following a trail of blood and that trail of blood leads you to a hanging body uh in the middle of a small dark alleyway that you can't get out of um and and it's just so weird because you like you, you just look at that and you think like who in the fuck would have all of this time to not only murder somebody like <laughs> fucking mutilate their entire body and then hang them on a fucking chain link fence with barbed wire and and i think what makes that scene even better too is that like uh you try to leave and you can't you're basically trapped in a cage and you get murdered by weird faceless children with small knives um which which is like great because it's it's 
it all turns out to be obviously a dream sequence, but it's it's really great. Like it really sets the tone for what the game is really going to be like uh, from from there on out. Um, I, oh god! Uh, yeah, I remember playing that because, as I've said before, like the only Silent Hill game I've actually like played and finished was Silent Hill One. And I remember like playing that one scene. That that particular scene was like really, really strong. Like it was, so it was incredible. The the way that like the camera worked, where it would like tilt up as you were going into the alley, as uh, and like uh, suddenly like you turn around and suddenly there are these weird like children and with knives start stabbing you. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? What the hell? <laughs> Yeah. You can't, you yeah. can't, you can't, uh, you can barely defend yourself, and like that was a really good like opening for uh, a game like that. Yeah, um, I do have a question for all of you guys though, because I'm not sure if this game would technically count, but um, uh, what is it with um, Eternal Darkness? Because that oh, game yeah. had like that, oh, yeah. that whole mechanic with the sanity meter. Uh, one of the, I, I guess, like fourth wall breaking mechanics that I guess you could technically say it could work maybe uh is them like saying oh we're gonna delete your save data and like it like the screen like blue screens and all that shit dude it's like i feel like when they break the fourth wall and try to bring the some of the horror in in reality it's like that's even better <laughs> yeah that wasn't that's an amazing I, game i, I have I a funny story it, but the problem I had with it was that by the point that or by the time I got to that game everyone had already talked talked about it to death to the point of where it wasn't it just wasn't uh, scary or you know anymore yeah you're the, like in our in my humble even though I haven't played Eternal Darkness because I don't have a GameCube like that's one of the games that I heard like if you're gonna if you want to enjoy it just don't listen to people talk about the scary stuff in and only ruin it i do have a funny story about that game a friend of mine uh you know how there's the the moments when your sanity goes down and like bugs will crawl on the screen mm. like one time my friend was playing it he was by himself and uh he told me that happened for the first time <laughs> so he grabbed a shoe and threw it at the tv <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, I have a somewhat memorable uh, horror game moment that I still remember being like being incredibly bad for my health, and that is uh, the hotel chase scene from the video game Call of Cthulhu. Uh, dark corners of the oh, earth. Oh yes! You, I know you, you've played. You guys, some of you yes. guys have played that. I think you remember like just how incredibly like hectic and like nerve-wracking that scene is, where like the the the, the, the denizens of Innsmouth uh, have decided that yeah, you're you're just going to have to die in your sleep, but. You're, and you're just frantically trying to like escape through other uh, hotel rooms, trying to lock doors and trying to push uh, uh, cabinets and closets uh, against the door so that they ca can't come in. And as you're doing that, like other guys are like uh, in the room next door trying to like claw and, and, and bang at the door that you just locked. 
it has to like and it's just all and like even moving the closets are just at such an incredibly excruciatingly slow rate and you can hear them like yeah. trying to like bash in the door behind you like screaming oh he's in the other door check the other door check the other door it's not locked and st- and stuff and you're like you're just bolting through. you finally get out of there and they start shooting through the windows and it can start coming out through other uh, uh buildings and you have to met like just i think i died like 10 to 12 times the first time i've played it i remember i remember the first time i actually got through that i i would i had to i had to pause that game for at least like five minutes because like i i was just i was out of breath i was I, that that was so incredibly scary, not e- not not even just for any sort of just psychological, but more just just the idea of like someone's they are just coming for you. And yeah, man, that 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 scene definitely gave. You know, you're playing a very in-depth game when it starts tapping into your adrenal gland a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when it's like, oh, I, oh god, I, I, I can't, I'm freaking out. Please push harder, push harder. Oh god, oh god, no, they're in the, they're in the room, they're in the room. Oh god, oh, oh quick, bolt the door, bolt the door. Okay, get out, get out, get out. Find a way, find a way out. Oh, yep. it is so incredible. Like just, just you're, you're, you're just, com- you're absolutely on edge for like at least fifty minutes. It's like playing Doom on the maximum difficulty. Yep, that's yep. And you're yeah, trying, but yep, and you're yeah, trying but to dodge elevators. Doom, you have a gun. Like in that game, it takes like several hours before you even get a pistol. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a very yeah, good game, though. I recommend it. It is. It's, 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 Really it, it has a lot of bugs, and I know, uh, especially like the PC Steam version is notorious for being extremely buggy uh i'd recommend if you can try getting it on the uh on the the xbox version which apparently is slightly less buggy yeah it is it is a rough game really big problems especially at the 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 latter half when you get a lot more guns and it turns a lot less scary and more like just kind of annoying shooter where some of the mechanics don't quite work but yeah i still think it's worth it just for that one scene (laughs) isn't that game getting like a remake or reboot uh, I know they're, they're making a new uh, Cthulhu-esque game. Uh, I've seen a couple of trailers, seen some of the artwork, but it's it's, it's that is a completely different game. It's not a okay. Remote. I think it's made by a completely different developer too. Yeah, I believe there's some Call of Cthulhu games, and all of them are pretty different. Mm-hmm. Like I think, yeah, I think like I think the Call of Cthulhu character. game he was talking about was the was Dark based Wars on the Shadow of Innsmouth game, the board game. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, okay. yeah, uh, Dark Corners of the Earth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was Doper. Yeah. Pyro, you got anything for us? Yeah, my one's actually Alan Wake. Like, so I. I'm pretty sure that comes under psychological horror for how it's um yes it does yeah. yes yeah like, 
I I think at the end of the, have any of you played Alan Wake like all the way through? I haven't. Uh, I, I, haven't. I barely. St- I gotta get back on it. I bought it on Steam for like two dollars one day. Yeah. So what I'm saying might be spoilering. I'm not sure. So I'm gonna try and keep it as light as possible. But basically, you're near the end of the game, and you've pretty much figured out what's going on. Like you all know the premise that he goes to um goes to Bright Falls, I think it is. And he, he's got writer's block and he needs to go away. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be able to write something when I go to this area because all the artist people go there. So he's out there now, figured out everything near the end of the game. You're running up this huge like hill mountain type thing. But like literally the sky is falling down. And like the narrator, I think it's Alan or it might just be a guy in the narrator like it is in um, American Nightmare saying exactly what's going on. So you've got like cars and cows and everything just like flying all around you and they're hitting the ground and that one point, a large cargo ship container just drops right in front of you. And I literally lost my shit at that point. I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely crazy. More games need to be like this, like getting you involved. Like you're reading a book, but you're also in the game as well. And it's just crazy how that something like that's probably simple and it, probably happens in movies all the time but for a video game for me that did that type of action for psychological horror was just amazing and like even later on in the game crazier things happen but that part where it just drops in front of you and you're just moving through just running trying to survive because everything's like possibly going to drop on your face it was just a really nice touch to have something so close to you and not kill you and then hopefully when you guys get to the rest of the game you guys actually witnessed the same thing because it might have just been a random thing where it just dropped that way. But when it gets so you know what I'm talking about, and it's just amazing. Yeah. All right, awesome. All right. Lee what do you got? Um, I, I think I'll go with uh, a certain scene from Amnesia. Uh, with, what was it called? Uh, what, what, my Machine for Pigs? Or what is it? The second one? That's the second one, yeah. All right, yeah. So, like, there's a scene in there, like, I think it's relatively early in the game where, like, you get to know some people, like, you have, like, a room, like, four different rooms with four different people, and you get to know their sins and what, like, what they've done, and then you get to choose if they should live or die, and they get, like, tortured to death. And after you made all your choices, you get to find out who everyone was. That fucked me over a little bit at the end when you found everything out. Wasn't that the uh, DLC for the Dark Descent, though? No, it's the it was the DLC. It's called Amnesia at uh, yes, Machine for Pegs. It's in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Nah, no, that's the Machine for Pegs. For Pegs, that's how it begins, isn't it? Or is it Justine? I think it's Justine, actually. That's is that the it one where be. a woman talks to you? Or it might be, yeah. Yeah, then it's Justine. Uh, that one was awesome, though. Uh. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that 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 Was moment fucked you up. That while you were trying to figure out what what's happened there, uh, random monsters could appear and you'd have to hide. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Well, that's amnesia in a nutshell. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 I'll get oh, to yeah, that I'm, game later. Uh, just steam then. Yeah. You get it with the the dark descent entirely free. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's great. great. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, uh, my first one uh, or my most memorable one is actually also from Amnesia, but from the first one, The Dark Descent. 
um, it's kind of a personal thingy almost because like at the very beginning, I think, or almost at the beginning, there's um, a part where you go into the cellar and it's like semi-flooded. And as soon as you like step into the water, you see something moving towards you in the water, like like, uh, some splashes and shit. And you have to hop onto like, I don't know, like crates and stuff. And I don't know, for me, that really fucked me up, that whole level, because I have some kind of weird phobia that when I'm in water and something touches my leg, I get fucking scared. And I almost drown because I go into, like, a shock mode or something. So that was really fucking crazy for me, because there's also, like, um, most of the level you can jump, like, from crate to crate, or you just hop into water for just a second and go, like, on another object. But at the very end there's like a huge long stretch where you just have to run and hope it doesn't catch you and you hear it come closer behind you you hear that splashing sound getting closer and closer and you have no idea what the what the hell that thing even is but yeah that thing that fucked me up like, I, I remember i remember the, the part no but the also uh, the uh, the uh, the other thing i remember first amnesia is that much much later uh, you're in a completely different uh, area, and at one point you have to walk through water, and suddenly behind you you hear the same steps. Yes, and it's coming back. There, but for that one like split second, you're like, oh god, it's back. Yeah, it's it's flashback moment. It's it's so great. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there, Shadow. When you touch the water, the panic you feel. You run. You sit and run with your legs, like you you. Yeah, stomp the floor, running. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Well. At the beginning, you try like cheeky stuff, like always having a crate uh, and yeah. carry it around with you, and then throwing it and try to jump on it. You know, just do the like cheeky jump and run thingy. But uh, at one point, you have to say, "Yeah, no, I need to run now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those, that, yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Where is Pyro? He's like dropping in and out. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, he dropped. Yeah, he the, he. Now he's back again. Pyro, are you okay there? Yeah, I'm good. It it can it just suddenly shot out. I'm back. He's I... a spy. That what Pyro's else? a spy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Yo, Joe, what do you got? All right. Yo, yo. Oh, it's not me then. Good. Well, okay. yeah, sorry, sorry. Dream. I accidentally, I accidentally, I forgot to unmute my microphone. My bad. I was coughing, so I muted it. Um. Anyway, um, the most memorable psychological horror moment. Um, I would have to say, probably from, probably from almost at. I'm going into spoiler territory for us for this one, so bear with me. In a uh, Silent Hill two, when uh. When you truly, yeah. when you put all the pieces together towards the end and you find out the real purpose of Pyramid Head. Because <clears throat> later on, because towards the game, Pyramid Head is going all throughout throughout the game, you know. Like, occasionally he'll attack you. Other moments he'll just be, you know, out in the distance or appear in a cutscene or whatnot. But it's like he's always chasing him, trying to get him. And when James realizes, you know, the crime he committed, that's when he realized, you know, the pyramid head was there because the pyramid head 
is a apparition based on the character James's desire for punishment for the crime that he did. And deep down, he wanted that, you know, he, he desired that because of what he did. But as he's going throughout the game, it's not even, it's not even a forefront of his head. It's it, it, in his mind. He's just, Oh, I got to find Mary. I got to find Mary. And that's just the town's, uh, you know, part of him that, you know, trying to get him to admit his problems, his, his crime. And so after he did that, the pyramid heads commit suicide and he goes up and then he goes on the top of the uh, building. And depending on what ending he gets, uh, he figures out the answer to the whole, to all of it and either goes on or commits suicide or something else. Hmm. That's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Also a great game. Fun fun fact about that ending, uh, Guy Sehe, the uh, voice actor that voiced James, actually really likes the water ending. Um, so, and I know that's, uh, for most people, is like the definitive and fan favorite ending of that game. Right. Um, I heard the main reason that, not only that, how Guy Sehe says he considers it to be his favorite, they had a Silent Hill 2 novelization in Japan where that was the ending of the book. So oh. it's those two that solidify the fact that James, that and Silent Hill 4, when you find out that uh, James, who is the apartment superintendent's son, disappeared several years ago. So that implied, yep, he did take his own life. He's a tragic here. He's a tragic character, James. It's pretty dark. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It is. <coughs> it's a good game as well. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. All right. All right. Yeah. We spent way too too long on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Let's what psychological on. horror will do to you. <laughs> yep. All right. Analyze so and discussion. You linger. What are your thoughts about the common criticism that psychological horror in gaming tends to have an effect that its usefulness wears off after one playthrough? What do you think should be done to prevent this trope and keep this scarce constant? Uh, I don't know. I feel like, to me at least, the... Uh, the, uh, the thing that wears off the most is uh, whenever... The problem with making a game, right, is that if you make a memorable scene, people will talk about it, right? And what it comes down to is that, for example, Eternal Darkness, right? Uh, that mechanic about uh, deleting your save uh, that we talked about earlier. Mm. So many people prior told me that that was going to happen. So when, it, so when I played it and it actually happened, it wasn't effective at all, you know? Mm. Because, you know, it, I've been told by people prior, you know, so it, all of a sudden that game was ruined, you know. But that's that's the only thing I have that ever, ever comes close to that. Other than that, I don't really know what to say yet, at least. So, yeah. Yeah, what it comes down to is what uh, Redog said in our chat here. Hashtag stop spoilers. There you go. <laughs> Although, we are guilty of that as well now, so we're hypocrites because we did this <laughs> podcast about it. <laughs> So oh yeah, we should put a huge uh, spoiler warning at the beginning yes. of this. <laughs> if they walked in here, they'll be fine. They should be aware of that ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, probably. Um, 
I I think maybe like like uh, like Martin was saying, like the if you make a memorable scene, people kind of stick to remembering it and talk about it a lot. But I think like as far as like the smaller stuff, like just uh, you know maybe like hearing footsteps or hearing like voices and stuff like that. I think maybe they if they like tied that to uh, adaptive difficulty, maybe like um, and. And maybe just because um, you know we were we were just talking about uh, eternal darkness with like the sanity meter and stuff. Maybe like have something like that where, uh, depending on how how sane your character is, maybe uh, certain things will get impacted or certain things will change in in your environment. And uh, each playthrough can end up different depending on how well you take care of that character as you play play along through the game, yeah. or just leave them completely insane throughout your entire playthrough. Mm. Um, so I think I think adaptive difficulty, and then maybe uh, multiple uh, endings for more replay value to kind of justify going back and and showing a completely different scare you might not have had uh, initially. Uh, that could happen just because you've made a different set of choices and stuff like that. Definitely, I, I suppose uh, putting a somewhat uh, amount of randomness into a game if done well can also uh, have a an, a good uh, effect of like making the game making the the terror or the the, the danger seem unpredictable mm. yeah but there is a problem with that i think because just imagine it from the perspective of a game developer let's say you you do something like like a random scare director like i don't know like the left for dead ai director that adaptively changes the level based on what you're doing so now let's do that with horror let's say you have like t um, 10 different cool scary scenes that you that you have in your pool and then it per playthrough it chooses like two or three of those hmm. now the problem with that is if somebody is unlucky and he gets like two or three scenes he does not really like then he will probably not play it again. And then from the developer standpoint, he has not seen all of the game because the things that he has seen didn't really hit the mark, you know? It, it's just it's just a, a weird thing that you make it random what kind of content a user is going to see. And if he doesn't like it, then he will not like the game. Hmm. That's... It's a bit of a problem. Randomness could be a, a solution, but it has to be done really, really well that you're not turned off at, like after the first playthrough, that you want to play it. It, yeah. it seems like a... Um, it's kind of like a um, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation where it's like you can you can do it, but it's all a matter of uh, making it done well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like... Um, there could be some benefit to it or there might not be it's probably a kind of case by case basis sort of thing and maybe it doesn't have to be necessarily entirely random but um definitely something that uh maybe certain choices can impact that sort of thing i guess because i'm i'm all i'm all about the idea of like um seeing like choice like player choice and stuff like that so if 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 something were to happen, that's all based on whatever the player chose to do. Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't be like, because I think you mentioned like 10 different sort of scenes, right? Um, 
So like, I, I'm maybe not necessarily ten different scenes because I think coming up with like ten would be a ridiculous amount and maybe too hard to do. But maybe like around um, half that amount, to like three to four, maybe five maximum, maybe um, where like maybe two of those are like variations of of two other scenes, and one of them is like a very drastic difference. Yeah. Um, you know, something like that could could easily work. I think. Yeah, the thing is. You cannot randomize, of course, things that would um, impact the story too much. But what mm. you could do, for example, what I could imagine, have like a ton of stuff lying around the level, for example, like other games have log entries and stuff. And I know there's players who totally will ignore these, and there are players who are going to read these things, maybe like a random newspaper article that's lying, lying around in, in the level. And based mm. on that, you could do stuff. For example, you'll read a news article about a scary situation, and then later in the game, because you have read that article, something will happen. And yeah. players who ignored that will not see that scene. That could kind of work, I guess. Yeah. Um, so this yeah. isn't a uh, this isn't a psychological horror game, but maybe like um, pulling something from like Resident Evil Three, for example, with that game's RNG, uh, where like if you do certain things in a specific order. Um, Perhaps that could change like what enemies you encounter and and what you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So something like that, I I think, could work as well. Yeah, no, I I'm completely on board with Dom with that, and like everyone else said, the idea of the director as well. It's it's a great idea, but it is going to be hard to implement. But also with the sense of if you do certain things, then it affects it later. Like I think Quantum Break, which isn't psychological horror directly, but there's parts of it in in it they have certain things like if you do an action for something like at the beginning of the game there's a a chalkboard when you're in the university and if you finish the equation it helps you out later on or something like that and it changes the story and or like a little scene so you can get things like that and i think for horror it actually worked out quite well to do that but it's tricky with trying to create like three four five scenes that would work for the exact reason that were stated that the one person may get the scene that they, do, that, that they don't like and they go through and they say, well, that wasn't that good. But then the next person will get that is literally 50-50 when it comes through to getting everyone happy and it's just not going to happen even if there's only one scene. So I think you, an idea of implementing all of what we just said is probably the best thing you're going to be able to do is have a split story kind of thing where they have certain set pieces that'll show up like with Left 4 Dead and that the game itself for Left 4 Dead doesn't change that much, but when you get a hunter coming at you or a smoker, that's something. So you can do something similar with a horror game where they randomly have uh, the whoever you're going to be shooting or running away from whatever at a certain point and change that up, but still have your major set pieces still set where they are. Hmm. Yeah, they would have to do it some, some way like that, but it, it, it shouldn't end up too generic as well. Because no, no. Left 4 Dead, you can kind of tell that, yeah, that's it's always random, but it's always random in the same way. So it's a very yeah, generic yeah. feeling. But yeah, it's it's pretty hard to do, I imagine. I think it suits Left 4 Dead as well. For the type of games that it is, you know definitely what you're going to get into. You're going to shoot some infected, and, and that's pretty much the end of it. It's just a question of what type of infected. So I think if you're doing horror, you're going to have to be really smart with it. Yeah, I guess. So, like, in my opinion, like, 
what Dom's saying, that could work to some extent, but still, it's a psychological horror. That that means that it's gonna fuck. It's supposed to fuck with your head. Yeah, that type of thing will only work once. If you know it, that won't work again. Mm. Like, but so the only thing is to make decisions. Like, and like Shadow said, if you pick something up, it will trigger something. But still, those will only work to some extent. Like, even if that happens, I don't think you'll play the game more than twice at tops. Yeah, you're not going to go through like a 15-hour game just to see a five-minute cutscene or a, oh. not even like a minute cutscene that was different from before. You're not going to do that. That's right. Yeah, no, you won't. That's There's no way. And like, even if you have all those random shits happening all the time, everything will get to a point where you will get like immune to it. Mm. I, I, I think that's kind of oh. like every game. I think no matter what, if you've played the game once, the shock of anything, if it's just a great action scene, it's going to wear off if you've played it already or if someone's told you about it, oh, this seems really good or something like that. If you know about it already, it's automatically worn off no matter what you try and do the next time. Hmm. I think, um, yeah, I, I agree. It's like it would it would take um, take away from that value of the same, but um, unless if it's like something that's entirely drastic, like as far as like going for the uh, second or third playthrough, uh it's just uh for for most casual players they might play the game maybe once twice is like pushing it but after that they just go go on to the next game for people that uh really love the genre i think um you know they'll try to go for like all the different endings all the different like situations and stuff like that so i think i think that's a really hard question to ask um or rather really hard question to answer because there's no definitive answer for it like there's a number of suggestions you can make for it, but there's no definitive way of of stopping that from ever uh, occurring. Because um, I think we all agree on on the point of uh, no matter what you really do, eventually it will um, it will wear off. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. The the only way to get the game to like to be be replayable is like you said to have like different choices that changes the outcome like to make it like there's more than one game so to speak in one game mm -hmm. so if you do one choice the game will change completely or not just completely it will just change a bit and do different things that would like for the people who like the genre they will most definitely if if, the, if everything's done good they most mm -hmm. definitely will replay for every single one but for the general people i don't think that's going to happen no matter what you do yeah. No, definitely not. Um, I think there's a game that does something like that. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it was on the, it was on the PS2. It was you play as a game who was like a you play as a guy who was a, a prisoner in this prison, but but he he's one of those silent protagonists. So you can't really, but but it works in the favor of the story because it's like like by the end of the game you find out if he like killed his family or if someone else killed him and he tried to get revenge or something Su uh, suffering that's what it yeah. was oh ah, yeah yeah I, th I think that's a good i think that's kind of a good example of what you were talking about because i think like the choices that you make throughout the game uh change stuff that happens later on like monster encounters or if a prisoner's gonna you know try to shiv you or something like that. Mm, I think that's how that game worked anyway. I played it once. Yeah. 
<clears throat> but I think we all pretty much agree with that changing, like having choices that changes everything. Yeah. It's the only thing that can also, make it replayable. It'll also make it make the development so so much more uh, uh, complex and longer. Yeah, they have to like make more than one game. adapt to every. They're like. Uh, uh five or six different uh combinations of uh player choices then if you make them like beats either a binary or just not or just not make a, a choice at all yeah yeah definitely yeah that was a good discussion but uh before we move on to number four i just gotta say it, i'm just gonna say i'm gonna read it and then i'm not gonna contribute to this at all because i really have to take a piss so <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Dog, exactly you take lead with your That's. Right. I, I, well, I can. Yeah. I can go take a piss and I'll go read it then. All right, all right. Thank, thank you, thank you for being okay. a role man. All right, I'll be back. Okay, soon. well, then go, go take your lead. Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm actually not going to really contribute much to this question either. But um, how do you feel about fourth wall breaking aspects of psychological horror, acknowledging things that the player would easily notice notice when it came to manipulating your mind uh mind and video game experience it's a bit of a toss-up really 50 50. Uh, in some games one. it works in some games it takes you right out of the story yeah mm. I, i've got one but it's not really <laughs> psychological horror it was actually in uh, metagross solid when oh um, yeah going a bit psychomantis yes that Mm. was actually great that part was still very chilling nonetheless yeah kind (laughs) of the the character himself psychomantis he's he's already crazy as is and then for them to physically get you to put your control into a different port if that's not fourth world breaking and chilling i don't know what is reading what's on your memory card yeah that was you're you're right i don't save often (laughs) <laughs> you like yeah, a lot was... of fighting games. That was really oh, good. Exactly. Oh, was... I I like how he criticizes you as a as a warrior too. Like your, your skills yeah. as a warrior are poor. Like oh shit, <laughs> he knows that I suck at TQC. Yes, <laughs> you are good at avoiding traps. You are either very smart or you're a coward. <laughs> that one made me laugh. Yeah, like so for that one, I think for me when that happened, that's been the highlight. And like, and like you said, in Eternal Darkness, it threatens about um, deleting your save game. But when that happened in that for MGS, that's the pinnacle. I don't think anything has topped it for me because that was the first time, and everything else just seems to try and copy that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was also another game, also not a horror game, but it was also kind of memorable for me. Um, I don't know if anybody of you played Spec Ops The Line. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have not played that. Was that on like the PlayStation 1 or something? Uh, no, no, it's PlayStation it's 3? Yes. Yeah. It's it's it started out as a like a, a normal shooter kind of game and then suddenly turns into this weird psychological fucked up scenario. And the coolest thing is in the loading screens at the beginning, it's like standard like tips, what you could do, what what you should do. And then as the game goes on and you do more fucked up shit, the loading screen starts to judge you, starts to ask you like fucked up questions like, how many Americans have you killed today? Was it worth it? Like fucked up shit like that. And that really stuck with me because that was one of the only games that I felt really miserable after finishing it. 
and that was actually <laughs> likable in some weird kind of fucked up sense. But yeah, mm. and I also played through it like three times to see all the, the things that you could notice because there was yeah. hints all over the game at the start of the game even that could, you, could have tipped you off, but you didn't look for it. So yeah, that was kind of fucking weird for fourth wall breaking. But yeah, some games just can't pull it off. Some games will take you right out of the experience if they do that. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a toss-up. Uh, yeah, definitely 50-50 on that one. Uh, like, I think Spec Ops did a good job of that. Like, do all of you know the ending of Spec Ops? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never played it. Oh, then I won't say the ending, but if what um, Relog said, what it's absolutely true. If you know what happens at the end and then going through it again, you feel like shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, you feel yeah. like shit the first time around uh, with yeah. the white phosphor shit. Uh, from that point on, it's just a downward spiral, basically. Yeah. And it's not going to end. It, it's so fucked up. I, I do remember uh, that scene. And I, as, as fucked up as that part was, and as fucked up as I felt afterwards, I felt kind of cheated because it the game was clearly telling me, okay, you have to do this. You have to light the, <laughs> you have to shoot the white phosphor at this location in order to progress. <laughs> so it's like, okay, game, I did what you asked. Why are you telling me that I'm a piece of shit? That that's the clever thing. You had another option. You could just have stopped playing. <laughs> that's that's basically what the game is telling you. You should stop playing it. <laughs> but I want to kill all the people. Stop playing. Stop playing. Thanks for fifty bucks. Stop. <laughs> sending you mixed messages. I actually yeah, I definitely. I think that that could definitely work. Uh, you know, bringing it back to psychological horror, like if they um. They do that where they give you a protagonist, uh, maybe that you you root for initially, but then you, as you play, you find out more about their character. But it's it's so subtle, like it's in your face and you can see it, but you don't really understand it. And then once you like beat the game, it's like I was a piece of shit the entire game. Yep. <laughs> like, exactly, spec like, up the line. That's yeah, exactly it. yeah, I like I was the monster. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Different reference. Nice. In in um, Assassin's Creed Three, they do that quite well at the beginning as well. So if you can pull something like that in a, a psychological horror game, oh, I'm I'm um, yeah. Well, Assassin's Creed is kind is honestly the one where I was like, yeah, I know. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Oh really? I'm with this organization, and there's this other organization that we won't call, but 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 we're enemies. And I'm like, gee, I wonder if I'm the Templar all along. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. like, oh, gee, I was the Templar all along. <laughs> I never saw that coming. It was a big shock for me, and that's why I said it. Okay, well, <laughs> at least you got that. I do. Yeah. But I think <laughs> if you can pull that off in a psychological horror game like like Spec Ops did, but put it in a horror environment, you've got a good thing on your hands. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree to that. 
Um, ah. Who hasn't gone yet? Martin I think we hasn't. Uh, yeah. Unless if he wants to, if he doesn't have anything really to add, he can read the next question if he's oh, here. I, I, I haven't gone five, yet, right? though. Yeah. yeah, unless if you want to say anything about number four. No, no, no. Let's go to five. Well, I, I haven't, I haven't gone yet for number four. But oh, four, do, you, damn it. do you want to? Okay, go, go ahead, JoJo. Um, I would say like a good fourth wall break thing, maybe, would be like. It would be like something, something that uh, what's that? The Wii game, Shattered Memories, Silent Hill, Shattered Memories, uh, tried to do, where, <coughs> excuse me, I had to cough. Where we had a, where like as you play the game, as sections of the game go, you you have a Doctor Kaufman, the psychiatrist, talk to you, and like ask you questions and uh, and like you know answer situations like like how you're how you're answering those little puzzle questions he gives you and like stuff in the game changes depending on how you react like how the monsters react how the characters in the story react i think i think that would be kind of a good way to kind of not only kind of get in your head and like get the game to apply to you know how you would react but Again, that's just how Shattered Memories tried to do it. I don't really know any any other ways, any other good ways other than when Metal Gear Solid One did it. Like that was like that was a way to give that boss battle not only a little bit more of like you know oomph to it in an action game, but to mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of give a little bit of levity. Did you ever notice how how fourth wall breaks in those moments are always always have a little bit of a funny side to them. Hmm. Yeah, it's... I I I. Uh, it's funny you should mention the mention the psychiatrist scene in Shattered Memories because I think the the only thing that I uh, and I uh, the one that I kind of remember is uh, the psychiatrist scene in the in Until Dawn. Any of you guys played Until Dawn? I have not. Um, not yes. yet. Okay. Yeah, that that game. Okay, a lot, there's there's a lot of like uh, horror tropes and other mm-hmm. kind of weird ass things that happen, but to me, like the most fun part of the of that game were the interludes where uh, the uh, the quote unquote you uh, is sitting in a chair in the psychiatrist, uh, and you have like the therapy session with this guy, and like. Everything is just so incredibly weird and uh, and awkward. From his like his uh, like facial animations with a, like kind of like overdone. Uh, the guy, uh, uh, I think it's, is it, is some. I think it's. Uh, yeah, he just slams on the desk at one point. Like, yeah, and he did. I startle you? Yeah, and he starts asking questions like, "Okay, so which character do you like the least? And well, which character would you like to see die?" And oh, do you, do, you, do you hate zombies? Do you hate snakes? And if you say, oh, yeah, I hate snakes, then at the next session, there'll, there'll be a snake sitting right in front of you. Uh, and uh, as the game progresses, like the, the, the locations change, like they become like more creepier. And uh, like it's, 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 a, it's a really cool. And like there, there are like choices you, you can make that will affect both the game and uh, later sessions. Yeah, although it does. It does semi 
revealed itself not to be fork wall breaking at all later on. It does, but, but for but the like, time, it it's like... For the yeah, time, but like, they are like this, first of all. Okay, but you're just playing a game. Huh? How are you feeling? Oh, oh you're, you're, you're hurting people now. People are dying. You're still liking this game, huh? You like playing this ga these games with, with people's lives, huh? You like that, huh? Yeah. That's that's an, that that that's something that like stuck stuck to me. It's like an interesting for for wall breaking. It's still uh, being uh, uh, quite creepy and uh, and strange. Yeah. Blame Ren for people dying. Yes. Hashtag blame Ren. Yes, blame Ren. <laughs> oh Ren. And that's it, right? Yeah. Number five out of fifteen. Oh God! <laughs> well, will be your favorite monster and character from any game influenced by psychological element. Also, if they have a story behind them, then what makes them unique to you? Hmm. Pyramid Head. Yeah, that'll be the obvious choice, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. I'm, I no, think because I, would... I don't. No. So you could say Pyrgo. character too if you want to talk like about a playable character or a side oh, no, character or a villain or something. If, I don't know. I mean, because I don't dive too much into it, I think that like literally the most obvious one is going to be Pyramid Head for purely what he represents, which is the manifestation of what that person who he's after is most yeah. afraid of, most worried about, most guilty of. That's just what it's going to be because I don't really have other ones to rely on he's probably gonna be my favorite if it's going to be a character probably alan wake because he's a writer and i'm a writer so i can relate to having writer's block and that kind of psychological part of it yeah. i don't know for monster i guess what's that one monster in silent hill 3 that looks like a dick Oh, oh, the, are you talking dick. about the first boss, the split yes, worm? Yes, it's actually symbolic for something later in that game that I won't spoil. But yes, it does have a purpose. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it me here. Being, but... Me being the big Silent Hill it's nerd, I actually know what you're talking about, and it and yes. it makes sense. So. It is creepy as shit. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would have to say character um, Alma Wade from Fear. Because uh, yeah. she is. That's, the, that's so, the little girl that you see occasionally, right? Yes. Because she, that's so fucked up. Her, the fucking experiments, uh, how she came to be, and how everything went out of control. You slowly start to uh, uncover during the game. It's, it's so fucked up. I gotta get that game on Steam sometime. Alma. Yeah, it's really good. I should also play it again because I, I forgot a lot about that game. It was a long time ago. But yeah, she's creepy as fuck. Yeah, little girl girls always are. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just as relax. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have like a favorite monster or any sort of like I I guess it uh if I, the first thing that comes to my head is maybe the 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 necromorphs from dead space mm. like through the way like they uh how they how they came to be how they work you know mm. 
that that how do yeah, how, uh, that's an in, that's something like that is honestly quite in quite frightening the way like like mm. body horror work um i don't know i don't think i have any real like interesting story or anything about that i just think that's creepy <laughs> what i find creepy about the comorphs that if you shoot them in the head they don't always die they just flail around like headless chickens yeah yeah some of them are even more dangerous decapitate them yeah or shoot away their legs and they start crawling towards you that's fucking creepy yeah <laughs> Um, what was it? It was, um, for me, what was that one monster, uh, that looks like a fucking mattress in Silent Hill 2 and it crawls up on, like, the ceilings and shit? Um, oh god, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the dad monster or something. I yeah, think. yeah. That's, yeah a, that's a different monster. That one crawls along the floor. The, is, the, is the one you're talking about, is it one you fight as a boss battle in the hospital? Mm, no, I was. Th- maybe I'm thinking of the one that uh, Dover was mentioning. The one where you find out about um, what that ties into as far as one of the other characters in Silent Hill where they were um, molested as a child. Oh yeah, that one. The I know what you're talking about. They're called Abstract Daddy. Yeah, that that's the one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that one's just so like, like when you really think about it, it's just like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, when you that does like like, like oh, when oh. you like when you play more of the game later and you finally put the pieces together in your head, you're like, oh my god, now that. That's even worse now. It's creepier <laughs> yeah. now. Well, yep. well, well, yeah. I, rem- I remember that scene, like, from a Let's Play, and I remember not only that, but the the thing that also makes it really uh, uh, nasty is the room that you're in has these pistons coming in and out of the wall, like these giant cylinders coming out and just coming in of holes. And it's like, once you figure, oh... Oh wait, that's what they symbolize. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh god! Yeah, and then you start to feel really bad for the character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, all right. As far as far as like character, um, I don't really know about a specific character per se. Um, I, I can't really think of one off the top of my head, and I don't want to just say like uh another silent hill character because i feel like that would just be too easy to do um so i think i would have to go into like more uh more psychological horror games and and maybe find like a completely different character to reference the 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 uh antagonist in alan wake nightmare american nightmare is actually pretty good as well uh i think his name is sketch or it's scratch 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 that's one i quite like him as well I'm gonna change my answer from pyramid head to him. Yeah. Well, is it for me, literally just Alan Wake? It it is it, it's, it's uh, from what I remember from Alan Wake, it's basically a manifestation of all the bad character traits that Alan has. Yeah. Just like manifested in like this kind of demonic entity, this like serial yeah. killer. Yeah. By the way, I love how it's called American Nightmare. I want to point right. that out. Hmm. What's American about it? I don't know. 
He has guns. <laughs> it, 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 it has a finish, my main character. Yeah. It has a yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so somebody calls a Tilius up in the switch. <laughs> yes. Please. We oh, need Mr. Man. Finland here. Yeah. <laughs> um I I guess since we're not going in order, I've actually got a pretty good a pretty good one. One that's not from a Silent Hill game, believe it or not. Um it's from it's from another horror game. I guess you'd call it a horror atmospheric psychological game. Uh it's this old point and click DOS game that I had from my childhood called Dreamweb. Um hmm. it's a the main character, Ryan, he's a character that's plagued with all kinds of nightmares and he has a depressing life. Like you read about this in this little in this cool little journal that the game comes with a physical journal that also works as the copy protection because you need to look up a password to access you know a puzzle in the game by reading it um you learn that the guy's you know he's very he's very depressed about his life like he lives with his girlfriend and you know she's very successful whereas he works in a you know in a slummy depressing bar and his 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 best friend is a drug addict who comes by to you know try to sell him drugs every single day but he's been clean of that stuff for a while and during this whole depressing life he has he has nightmares about people in this alternate dimension who tell him that he's got to go kill these these people who have a lot of power in the world like one of them's a singer one of them's a military leader and you know these people have to be have to be to kill have to be killed or else the dream web's gonna gonna shatter and the world's gonna end but as you play the game you come to think maybe these are just dreams that my character's having and he's just going on a big killing spree this whole time and shit like that and it makes you really question it made me really question you know that the you know the character ryan and his and his mind, like, is like, is he really having these dreams? Are these actually, you know, visions of another world he's having? Or is he just, you know, snapping and losing his mind and just going on a killing spree? That's why, that's what I think, that's why I think Ryan, the protagonist of that game, is very, is one of my favorite characters. He has a lot of depth to him, makes you question just what the hell is going on, makes you really question him. And the world around him. Hmm. Mm. That's, that's if that makes any kind of sense. That it, actually sounds very good, by the way. What was that game called? I might check it out. Dreamweb. Dreamweb. It's it, it's it's, it's legit. It uh, yeah, it's a DOS game. You can it's legitly freeware now, so you can legally download it for free now. Um, it you can run it like I run it in a DOS emulator. It's a really good atmospheric, you know atmospheric game i recommend you guys check it out if you if you if you know how to get dos games running really well or on DOS, just get dos box yep dos box yep some there's a couple sites where they even have the game all loaded on a preloaded dos box so all you got to do is just double click it and play it and i might actually do a let's play of that game sometime now that i've now that i've mentioned it it's one of it's one of those kind of games Mm. Yeah, so it's nice. The only, the only like if we if you go on the deep end here, like the only uh, the only horror game I played that was that old was uh, that had horror elements was uh, Waxworks. 
I don't think I played that, that is one. Is that a DOS as game? Shit. Yes. Is that it's a just, DOS it's game? Gory as shit. Like the way you die and everything. It's no, I don't recommend anyone plays that. It's it's literally scarily disgusting. Now you're making me sound more interesting, actually. Mm. <laughs> it's I on like GOG. Top violence. Don't play it, even though I told you where to buy it. Don't play it. <laughs> Should we look up YouTube? Should we look up like a Let's Play of it on YouTube at least? Yeah, sure. That's right. just a great recommendation for Martin. Don't play it. Don't buy it. All right. Don't then. buy it from here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I guess I'll go with mine then. Uh, I'd probably say Leland Van Horn from Condemned. If anyone's played that game. Oh, yes. I play yeah, a little bit of that yes. game. I love that game. He's like the main serial killer who, like, he goes around and, like, kills serial killers in the yes. way that the serial killers kill other people. He does that, the same shit to them. Mm. Oh, there's a lot of creepy stuff in that game, too. Yeah, there's a shit done. <laughs> Yeah, but he's, I, I like that dude. He he's fucked up in the head. He's fucked up, but he's doing something right. <laughs> like and he's doing something wrong, right in the wrong way. Right. It's actually a revelation to why he acts like that later on, and it's cool as shit. First mm -hmm. game is really good. Second was great on up until the very ending. The ending sucked in the second. Yeah, game. That that's ending. true. Yeah. But yeah. The first one is amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Play, play Condemn. Play both of them. Two is still good up until the ending. Just disregard the ending. And just... Yeah, it's, it's still a worthwhile game to play. Yeah, yeah, it's still worth playing. Just know the ending is trash. That's it. Mm. Right. Right. Right, was that it? Yup. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I've got nothing else to add. Alright, number six. How do you feel about aspects of mental illness and traits of mind deterioration placed into the plot of psychological horror games as more of a central focus of discovery for these character arcs? Do you think these implementations are already done well, shoehorned in now with games like Hellblade, or should something more revolutionary come in with the writing to uh, reinvent the wheel of the subgenre? Well, <laughs> that's a good question, actually. Holy crap! <laughs> Why did you think I could answer it? That's what I'm curious about. Mm. I think that the the psychological illness that is in most of these games is actually amnesia, uh, so to speak. That your character doesn't know who he is or what he has done yeah. because that's a technically it's a very cheap setup, but it's very effective because you can do these crazy reveals that you otherwise couldn't do. I guess. But yeah, it's it's very yeah, overdone. But the, yeah, but on the other hand, like especially things like you know amnesia is so over overdone that it it actually becomes like a, a negative point at this point when you have like oh I'm I have an amnesiac uh, person waking up in a hospital. Gee. Yeah, it's it's it, overdone. It's it also also something I don't know if it's completely uh uh from the the this uh, question but the thing that i uh that kind of irks me is that uh uh also is uh, the idea of like uh, uh insane asylums or 
hosp uh, abandon hospitals or like having mental patients as uh, just uh, insane enemies who will run at you and try to stab you with like syringes or stuff or or battle in uh, at a war or something. That's also kind of more like that. Like a hundred games have done that. And almost in all of them, like have done that in a pretty like basic uh, dime a dozen kind of way. Do you, yeah, do you mind I, if think I, it, I think it's clearly kind of at the point where you can say like it's honestly getting kind of like insulting uh, to uh, uh, kind of portray the mentally ill as these like uh, lunatics. They'll try to stab you in the second they see you or something. Do you, do you mind if I interject here? Um, cause we were, we were talking about this before the, uh, the actual podcast started and stuff, but, uh, the evil within, and, and we were talking about whether or not that game technically counts as psychological horror, but, um, I own the concept art, uh, the art book that dark horse released, uh, for the first game. And I was following that game very early on once it was known as, uh, when, when it was known as, uh, projects Y and before it even was officially announced. but. Uh, one of the things that game was originally supposed to do, as far as the um, asylum was concerned, it was not supposed to be like um, the patients are like fucking insane or anything like that, and they'll try to kill you or anything like that. Um, you know, obviously they they were there and they were patients, but it was more supposed to be about uh, uncertainty of how how and what could happen. How, how things could change and what could happen within the world. Um, and an example of that would be like um, one minute you're in a room, there's like a movie room or whatever with a projector screen, and it's a projector screen and everything just seems normal. You know, patients are watching movies, you know, the nurse is, you know, putting whatever is on the projector screen so that they could watch. And then the next minute it shifts to, everyone in that room was dead and there's a monster coming straight out of the projector screen. Hmm. Um, so stuff like that, I think would, would have been far more interesting uh, than just, Oh, well, you know, it's uh, you're just in an asylum and it's just a bunch of fucking crazy people. It's abandoned, but <laughs> yeah, it, I it, they're still all alive. You know, they haven't eaten in fucking six years and in, in <laughs> little butt fuck nowhere. Um, and then also just on top of that, um, one of the things that that game was supposed to do too was have like the sense of traveling to uh, various different locations. And some of those locations were very like olden 1800, like stone like towns with like uh, ships and ships, like uh, not, you know, like docked at the ports and stuff like that, that you could go through and uh, things, even though they were connected, they would lead you to like, vastly different locations as you either went up and down and traversed through various different locations. Uh, hell, even like uh, um, abandoned castles and stuff like that, from, from mansions to castles to uh, mining facilities and, and all sorts of stuff. That never, unfortunately, made it into the game. And uh, the game was actually supposed to... It, it seemed originally, at least, that it was supposed to take some inspiration from... Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen that one movie with uh, Leo DiCaprio, Shutter Island. Yeah, um, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah it, it was supposed to... It really was... It, it did have a sense of that, too, because originally the asylum was going to be on an island. Uh, and you were going to go to an island in, in um, 
you know, to see this insane asylum and, and, you know, see what was going on there. Um, so stuff like that, I think, would have been a lot more interesting than just saying, oh, the, the asylum or the hospital is abandoned and there's a bunch of fucking crazy fucks in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting that you call that because, like, take a premise of Shutter Island, and I'm, I'm not going to, like, spoil uh, what happens in Shutter Island for because you really should watch Shutter Island. It is awesome. Mm. Yeah. But, like, the twist that uh, has... An in, a really interesting like take on the idea of like mental illness uh, as something that you know is as a norm of of is not an, uh, just a trope. It's not just oh, it's an insane babbling like a person who wants to k- kill everyone or something. Because I don't I, I uh, because you know uh, in the real life mental illness. You know, or insanity does not exist. You know, no one's insane. But what they have is a plethora of like mental illnesses or dysfunctions that they like. And it's, 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 it's honestly kind of like disappointing that a lot of games will just stick to like the old like insane asylum, like a crazy person uh, trying to kill you, trying to stab at you, like trope when. I think that a lot of uh, I think the, the the games could use like mental illness in ways that they have not yet before, like the idea of like a personality disorder or schizophrenia or even like uh, anxiety attacks or something like something that 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 would be more in be interesting or more I won't say interesting this interesting I would like. But maybe uh, open the door to like uh, uh, different kinds of like gameplay, you know, or different client, uh, ways of like uh, 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 telling a story than just yeah. the, the, the standard uh, insane asylum. Yeah, I think you cannot just if you just go around and say, yeah, they're just crazy. That's lazy and lame, really. You if you give them a bit more backstory then you can make the game whole a lot more interesting, as you said, with different kind of illnesses. Maybe they manifest in different kind of gameplay as well. I don't know. Maybe there's some guy that has some weird mental illness so that he will try to attack everyone that moves. So if that guy comes around, you have to freeze in position, you know, and you have to wait until he's gone, stuff like that, you know, that you have a bit of a backstory that you know why does he do this? And then it becomes maybe even more fucked up as we with the um the thing that we talked before, the Silent Hill monster. Mm. The oh what was he called? The daddy monster. That's not mm-hmm. daddy. Yeah. With that, it was the same thing. As soon as you knew what that thing was and why, it became even scarier. And it it wouldn't be half as scary if you just say, Yeah, that is a random crazy monster. Then it's yeah. still scary, but not as much as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, uh, I proved that to Relogs uh, on his stream uh, last week, you know? Yeah. Because he was being chased by these random time mythology monsters, and as was going along, I was actually explaining what those monsters were, and it made him even more scared. Hmm. Yeah, yeah it's... Sometimes also with, with like mythological monster, if you read the folklore that inspired these monsters, it gets a lot more scarier all of a sudden. 
So yeah, yeah sometimes definitely. you might need to force feed the player a bit of story, actually, a bit more of backstory, and it could be a lot scarier. Well, my counter argument is that sometimes it actually becomes less scary in very few <laughs> occasions, so it can go both ways. True. Yeah, yes. Fifty-fifty-one yeah. as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I think um, there's kind of two aspects that really relate to um, the folklore part um, with Dante's Inferno, which oh. isn't really psychological horror, but like if you know the premise of that, he goes to hell and he uh, all the um, the seven deadly sins, he fights against them, gets through the big boss, and it's the levels in that game are based around the deadly sins. And I think you can probably get a game based around like mental um issues be it schizophrenia dementia amnesia all of, there's a plethora of them and you can really sit down and make a really strong psychological horror game based around mental illness with you probably being the main character with mental illness and meeting other characters in the game and then going through their life and how they got to the point and when they realized they were mentally ill and things like that that can be one of those really slowly paced games where you get the story that's drawn out and it's just strong and the dialogue is what really sells the game rather than the action pieces of that game. Hmm. That could be really good, yeah. Also, yeah. Dante's Inferno is a good game, but shit marketing campaign. Have <laughs> we ever gotten oh, yeah. a game where, as the game goes along, the character at first is entirely normal, but because of the experiences, he gradually becomes more and more mentally unstable? Uh, I'm not seeing them. it. I'm not, I'm not seeing a game where a character is entirely normal and then, but he kind of changes halfway through. I'm not seeing that being done though. You know? there, I think there might be, but I can't re recall. I think it's some in Dead Space, one of the Dead Space games, stuff like that happens where you start to see like um, things that aren't there, but I cannot really remember which one it was. I have one. That's uh, the second one. Oh yeah, yeah sorry. Could go. No, no, just go. That's fine. Right. Uh, I have a game that I... You know, when we got to mental illness, I started thinking about if I played a game where like you have proper mental illness. And me remembering this game got me really fucking jarred right now because like, I've just become a parent and you'll understand why I'm saying this in one second. But uh, like it's, it's, it starts off like a normal horror game. Like where you like wake up in a, wake up in a room and you're being chased by like a little girl that's like horrific like she's she stalks you and all that kind of shit, and it goes so long like at the end of the game I don't remember what the name of this game is but at the end of the game like you like you snap and you push that ghost girl down the stairs, and it turns out you're just a mother suffering from PTSD. Oh damn! So you push down wow. your own kid down the stairs. That's very well done. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the things that that that, that I would love to called? see more. I don't remember what name what name of the game was. I just remember the events that happened because that's that actually gutted me. That's, no, that's really good, actually. I'm not gonna lie. I know. Uh, wasn't it uh, uh, that one game where he plays a baby? Uh, I, I know oh, what you're talking about. Yeah, among I'm the sleep. sleep or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was like at the end, it, the, uh, the monster was just the uh, mother because she had some issues or whatever. <clears throat> she, I, I remember it was like yeah. she she had alcoholism and she was losing custody of her child because of it at the end. 
yeah. yep, and you play as that child. Yeah. Wasn't there a game where you're the um you're the the isn't it like the Rising of Isaac or something like that? Binding, binding of, Isaac. of Isaac. That's the mm-hmm. one, the Binding of Isaac. That game. I'm I'm not sure if it's very psychological, but there's a lot of behind the scenes psychological parts from what I've seen of it like that you are this baby and you've got the umbilical cord and everything and then when you get to the end of the game crazy shit goes down i think that's quite a good implementation of um how psychological and the mental illness part behind that because you're in this baby's mind and you're going through or rather no you're the baby and you're going through what they've gone through themselves in aspect as well that's quite a good way they've done it hmm uh, did anyone else want to go, or um, I guess I could go unless no one else wants to go right now. Okay. Um, I would say like, 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 like. Uh, I I forgot who was saying this uh, earlier about levels based on uh, characters' psychological uh, psychological problems. Like, I think I think it could be good if done right. Like, let's say there's a like, let's say there's like a a game where where the levels are based on, you know, different, you know, different psychological issues a person has and it's like, say like the depression level, <clears throat> it could be like, you know, it could be like, you know, watery and murky where you're in there. It feels kind of hopeless. All you can really yeah. do is just, you know, you're like, you're in a boat, you're rowing along in a big gigantic sea of nothing but a blue void and water and maybe rain. Whereas like one based on, like uh schizophrenia would have like you know houses with like non nonsensical structure nonsensical mm. noise stuff like that i i think if done right that could be done that could be done pretty good and effective Absolutely. like i think they tried that with a sanitarium where like mm. where like there's one part of the game where you play as the character's sister and she's in a carnival if that makes any kind of sense, like trying yeah, to have yeah, the, the memories that. of her. No, definitely. I, I, that sounds. I I completely agree. I was the one that was saying about the mental illness levels as well. So, if yeah. if they can do that, that, that sounds like something I'd actually get into. I think if on a protagonist side rather than even just the story, I think, and it's sad to say that schizophrenia can actually work really well for like say as a hero you can have different powers based on your schizophrenia. Like, I think they did that with um, Jericho. It wasn't so much his schizophrenia, it was just different characters, and you can beat, like, six Mm. different characters playing throughout the game. Mm. So if you can do that type of story, but still, with the characters, rather, but still have a good enough story that provides an explanation as to why that's there, rather than just, oh, you've got schizophrenia, so it gives you different powers, that can be something that's really good as well. Oh, I get you. That makes sense. Kind of like, uh, didn't they try that in the guys that what's that really popular Psychonauts? Didn't they try that with Psychonauts at one point in the game, or was that just with the environments? Mm, I think it was just the environment. Psychonauts, to be fair. I think it was just environments. I'm I'm not quite sure. I'm not that familiar. I've, I've played Psychonauts like years ago, so I and I barely remember anything. Uh, but yeah, having like levels based around different kind of illnesses, like like based like 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 the previous guy said, 
that made like a depression level where you have the end, the the exit, and the exit is just like a shining uh, beacon of light, but you have to get you have to collect fifty points to get to that uh, yeah. exit. But but try as you might, you will never get more. And you can see the exit. You can see that that's the, the, the correct way to go, but you'll never get through it because you just cannot get 50 points. So you'll <laughs> have to go through uh, the, the worst, uh, a worse uh, exit. Or you could do like a like clever fourth wall thingy that you have to actually quit the game to get further yeah. ahead. <laughs> That would oh, be really bad, sneaky. That's not a bad idea, actually. That's like the one in Metal Gear Solid where you died and in the death screen you had to actually revive yourself and I didn't yeah. get that the first time, first three no, times I, around. I did not get that. Either. That was so... That was the really second. good. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Shoot. Uh, Next question. We move on. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Martin. Uh, go for it. All right. Let's move on. Yes. All right. So, what was your favorite story within this genre of psychological video games? Please describe why. <coughs> it's the easiest question, man. Come on. Who's going to. Uh, I can start. I'm happy to do that because mine's absolutely ready. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Alan Wake straight up for me it is because i like i said i'm a writer myself so having writer's block is a serious thing when you've got that issue and the whole story of going to this whole different environment to completely freshen up your mind and get those juices flowing again and trying to write something and then going through everything for alan wake as the character and i love the fact that his name just means awake as well and he's just going through this whole story with the shadows and why the shadows are there and when you pick up the manuscripts going through the story that he's writing in bright falls and overall how they wrote that is absolutely amazing and especially when you get towards the end uh, when you're figuring everything out the the set pieces that they've got in that help the story much more than i think many set pieces really help a psychological horror story and even action games for that matter is absolutely amazing going through picking up bits and pieces and even within the uh the tv show that they've got as well i can't remember what it's called but there's a tv show on when you see a tv you can watch the episodes going through and that even that pushes the story along everything in that game mattered story-wise as long as you picked it up and getting yeah. to the end, absolutely amazing. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's technically uh, a horror story or a horror game. It is horror inspired, which is a another uh, Dawson pre-Windows uh, point-and-click adventure called uh, Gabriel Knight: Sins of the Fathers. Sin of Sins of the Father. It's the it's basically a detective story where you have to fi uh, figure out like uh, voodoo murders in New Orleans, and you find out that your character is a is an ancient like uh, demon hunter, 
and you find all kinds of uh, other, uh, other things about like weird uh, voodoo cults and stuff. But the thing that makes it the m- more interesting than just like a, a horror, uh, a horror inspired like uh, detective uh, game is the fact that it actually does did a lot of research into like uh, voodoo and the different kinds of like voodoo rituals and the, like the religion different like ideas of religion between uh, the different practitioners of voodoo and there's an, like you you can re- honestly learn a lot from just playing the game and just hearing the the characters talk about like the loa or the, the the difference between like black voodoo and white voodoo, yeah. Uh, like it's it's really interesting to like le- to like play a game while actually learning something about uh, a, a particular subject. So yeah, that sounds interesting. I might I might have to write these on a list, man. Holy mm. shit! No, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with oxen free. Mm. I just downloaded that. But this is going to be the one game where I say I'm not going to say anything about it because that game, I will not spoil that game. No, no, never. All right, that's it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for myself personally, I I am going to have to go with uh, typical answer, Silent Hill 2. But I only say that because I... I personally deal with a lot of depression in my life, so um, you know, seeing like the character James and what he goes through, and as you learn about um, what's been going on with him and and uh, how he is as a character, um, and then on top of that, you you know about like um, Guy Sehe, and he was actually literally depressed when he was doing the voice work uh, for that game. Uh, at the time of recording and stuff um it it kind of um like it kind of like resonates with me because mm. of how um how i can relate to that i guess mm. Mm. um i guess my favorite story within psychological horror Going back to Silent Hill, but a different Silent Hill game. Walter Sullivan from Silent Hill Four. He's he's the main he's the main villain in that game, sort of. And uh, because of the things he had to go through, you really can't blame him. Because here's here's uh here's kind of his story. He was born in Room Three Hundred Two of South Ashfield Heights, which is an apartment complex in in a town that's near Silent Hill. His biological parents gave birth to him in that room and just packed up and left him there all by himself. So he would, so he got, he was found by the superintendent. He went to the hospital, he was saved, and he went to an orphanage where he was raised by the Silent Hill cult. And he was led to believe through brainwashing and, you know, abuse through the prison guards and the 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 religious people who worked at that sect he was led to believe that room 302 the very room he was born in was his mother and he had to go through and he had to go through uh like this ritual where he had to kill 21 different people 
to awaken his mother. And throughout that whole time, he was, and throughout his, his childhood, when he was in that prison, he was forced to read the religious scripture and abide by it. And if he didn't, he would get beaten by the prison guards and thrown in jail and, and not in jail in the prison cells. And this is when he was like a, like an eight year old boy. And, and now he's and now in the game as an adult with some occultic powers due to a, a ritual that he did. He's continuing his murder spree. And because of all that, he, he, it's hard. You, the only thing you could do to stop him is to physically force him to stop by killing him. Jeez. A, yeah. Like all his life. Like, all his life, he was treated like some big unwanted mistake that he just got thrown to this planet by by a cruel mother, by, by a cruel mother who, who brought him into this world where he's constantly being beaten, being used, possibly other stuff I don't even want to get into as a child. Jeez. He's kind of a sympathetic bad guy in a way, but you still got to stop him from yeah. awakening to God. I really need to play that game on these days. Good game. You should have blamed Ren. Hashtag, all, hashtag blame Ren. Yes. We all should, yes. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think for me, the coolest story, it's a bit of a weird game. It's, um, it's called um, SCP Containment Breach. Oh, oh, oh my god, I could not play that game because <laughs> of all the jump scares and that freaking teddy bear that would show up occasionally that would yeah. just kill you. The thing is, game. for me, um, I love that game, not necessarily because of the game, but because of the where it came from. Um, it came, of course, from the SCP Wiki website, which is like a huge creepy pasta kind of um website oh yeah oh guys nice screw photo. you render screw you psycho i see that nice <laughs> so yeah basically it's it's uh, made from from stories that user have written uh, these kind of scientific creepy pasta story from a fictional um uh, organization that keeps a hold of um, anomalous creatures and artifacts and tries to shelter them from the world so that the world is not um, basically doomed. And you start in the game as a D-class personnel, which is basically a death row inmate that is sent to the facility for testing. Um, so basically, you, you're putting you're a, a guinea pig. And during testing, of course, something goes horribly wrong and you're left there with that thing that we see in the chat, that monster, which uh, basically it's like the weeping angels from Doctor Who. It can only move when it's not observed. And that sounds easy enough, but the thing is you have like a blinking mechanic in the game that every like few seconds you have to blink and then it moves again. So you basically you're never safe. And then you have you have to escape and you meet other kind of anomalies that if you read on the SCP website uh, kind of regularly, there's like a thousand of these things. And they just put like three or four in this game. And that's kind of cool because there's so much cool stuff on that website. They could make like hundreds of games from the they content can, that is. They can make games and movies and Sorry. shit too. Oh yeah. There's a spin-off game for that game. 
Uh, yeah, the it's, stairwell. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like stairwell or something. Uh, 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 it's it's just a game where you walk down stairs in a like in its pitch black almost, and as you walk down stairs, just horrifying shit happens along the way. Yes, it, there's it's so a uh, there's a part in the stairwell game where you go through like a um, it's like a brick stairway at one point i think because it, it changes as you go down uh from what i remember and there's like a like a hole in one of the walls and oh, you look for it and there's like some shit yeah there's like some shit that you see <laughs> yeah that shit and, and i think if you take too long eventually there's something that will kill you if you take take too long in the staircase yeah because yeah, there's uh, some, one of them one there's something chasing you because if you stop long enough you'll you'll start hearing the footsteps louder and louder yeah, mm-hmm. it's some weird um, thingy that inhabits this staircase. But th- th- that's the great thing about the the SCP um, website. Even on the website in the story, it's never really explained what it is. It's very vague, so it- it's left to your imagination what kind of fucked up thing that is. And that really, really makes it even more scarier if you made it make it up yourself. There's a part in that game which says, look at me, or look yes. behind you. And yes. If you do that. It kills you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Keep going, Shadow. So yeah, I just wanted to say that's just so great because um, even if I just read the articles on that website, I sometimes get the chills. And if they make these things into games, it's even better. So yeah, there we go. Yep. Yeah. SCP Wiki is really fun to. There's there's an app for the phones where you can just read that shit whenever you want. It makes for good reading. <laughs> fun. That's Here a. It that's, is. It's horrifying. That's a, that, yeah. That's a, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. There's actually there are some fun things in. It's not just creepy. Sometimes it's very clever stuff they put in there. You look up SCP four twenty J. Oh yeah, the cha- there's choke, uh, a choke and anomalies they put in there as well. They're really yeah, fucking funny. Like there's one that I wish I had in real life. It was the endless pizza box. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so great. Open it up, get free pizza whenever you want. Sometimes there's just stupid shit like that, but yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a great uh, website to uh, read. Wait, wait, hold bored. up, hold up, hold up. If it's an endless pizza box. How how is that a bad thing for the world? Like that it's, that's it's look, not. you it's... can solve you can solve world hunger with a fucking endless pizza box. This this is this is a yeah, but great idea. You, yeah, but then the entire world would get would get overweight and then like the problem would be people dying of hunger would be people of dying from heart attacks. <laughs> ah, I, yeah, who but... said you had to eat it though? <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. They also contain non-dangerous stuff, so sometimes it's just like uh, some weird kind of mythological things. There's like a skeleton key um, described, like a key that can open every door. There's just some very mundane stuff as well on there, but there's a lot of scary shit. It's worth a read. Oh, yeah. Greatest horror, infinite pineapple pizza. (laughs) It might be the most horrifying free game you can find out there. I'm gonna be honest. Yes. That game. Yes. Yeah. It might be. It's really intimidating. <laughs> yep, I I tried playing it, but I, I kept getting killed by the damn teddy bear. Yeah. You also meet this dude. Yes. 
He looks friendly. <laughs> oh, God, him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to delete that. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, yeah, in case someone random looks in the chat, I don't want right. them to get spooked. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I had no part of this. No spooks in this chat. No spookies. All right, next question or topic, whatever. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I'm good. All right, number eight. Hy hypothetically, what do you think psychological horror themes... Or why do you think psychological horror themes are relatable over more visceral forms of body horror when it comes to what the human psyche perceives? What question are we on? Eight. Eight. Oh, for that one, I'd probably say, like, why they're more relatable, but they're supposed to be. Like, most of the psychological horror things are psychological. I don't know, it's it's supposed to be relatable. That's the, yeah. or, that's the scary part about it. I guess every one of us, at one point in time, uh, once sat alone in his room at night when it was dark and he was alone, and then suddenly you hear something. And you get fucking scared. You think, oh, yeah. God, now I'm going to die. <laughs> that's just oh, things yeah. that happen to all of us. And that's why it's so scary. I think yep, that's the... why a lot of children are scared the... of the dark, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think with the question, I don't think it's so much more of a body horror like when you've got evil within. What makes that game scary is more what happens to characters in that game, like they get cut or something like that. I think that for me isn't what's relatable. I think, sorry, no, that is what's relatable because we all don't like physical pain or seeing it in, in that grand scheme of things when it's so gory. I think what really makes it relatable is when you realize what's behind the scenes, the actual psychology behind it, rather than it's the commercial effect of seeing someone get cut because of the psychological effect. I think what really makes something relatable is when you relate to the psychology but on the surface it's seeing this body horror in silent hill in evil within in binding of isaac all these games that show something graphically painful that's what's commercially relatable mm -hmm. that everyone's like yeah i don't like the look of that but when you something strongly relatable is when that person suffers or lives with rather that psychological mm -hmm. issue yeah, it's the setup around it. I mean, it's not really scary if you see Jason Warhees kill victim number 259 with his machete. That's just, yeah, okay, whatever. Another and, day, uh, same shit, different day, basically. At that point. Yeah, you need to have a good setup around it, and then stuff like that, this visceral stuff, yeah. can be really effective as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think I could add to that because I think uh, uh, Shadow Pyro really uh, hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, I don't, I have nothing. I, I can't really add to that. He, he, he nailed it. He, na yeah, he nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we, we, we're good for number nine then at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's go for number nine. Mark, Silent Hill Mark is usually considered. Stop being so stuck in the game. What? You gotta stop being so stuck in your game. I'm actually not <laughs> playing anything. I'm looking at GOG. Oh. Yeah. Um. So, Silent Hill is usually considered the most 
popular for the subgenre. Can you set your feelings on why Silent Hill was so important to psychological horror in gaming? I mean, it's to me, it's always been because it's been memorable. You know, like everything in that game feels memorable to an extent, whether it be uh, you know some of the monsters or the story or you know characters or whatnot. It feels memorable and you know engaging. You know, through the entire thing, like a mm. lot of the games. So, I mean, I guess that's why, because you know, it's just that fucking good. You know, I th really I think uh, I think when it comes to like that particular franchise, what what makes it work so well and why it, it's been considered so popular is because um, it takes a lot of things that you know are really just like messed up and um really dives into like how that could be viewed in a very messed up and psychological way um like i, I think i mentioned this earlier too where like everything in silent hill at least with the the uh team silent games um you know if it's there it it has some sort of purpose uh, the name has some sort of purpose the design has some sort of purpose it, everything can be explained with some in some way um on top of that i think it's just a matter of uh it's it's a mix of like japanese style horror with like a, a western flair to it basically um because like obviously the games are set in america but they take a lot of inspiration from from what's popular within japanese horror and just kind of blend the two together Yeah, no, I'm definitely on board with that. I think for me, what what's so significant about Silent Hill is literally nostalgia factor. Like, I didn't grow up playing Silent Hill. My only real time playing it was during the demo of it. But nostalgia and the fact it's kind of like the godfather of the games that we've got now, such as your Evil Within's and so on. And people often say, oh, well, this is like Silent Hill because of this, this, and this. And whilst they're right, but everything is going to probably draw inspiration in some way or another from Silent Hill because it came out on the PlayStation and it's been there relatively strong all the way through up until now. And even with Silent Hill PT as well, which I have no idea what's going on with right now, even that showed how significant Silent Hill has been. The fact that people wanted that game it's been dropped, it's been picked up again, and all these types of things. But because of the history of Silent Hill, that's what makes it so strong, rather than it just being, this is an amazing game. It's that the history for it is what keeps everyone saying it's so amazing mm -hmm. because it's the godfather of that genre. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, was that it? Um, I guess I, I guess I could go, um, yeah, since I play a lot of Silent Hill. Yeah, take your time, man. Say your feelings on why Silent Hill was so important. I would say mainly because of how it, how it just nailed the atmosphere for its time. Like, like with the, like with the PlayStation 1, Silent Hill 1 game, they took a PlayStation game's weakness of the limited draw distance and turned it into an advantage by in outdoor areas get really foggy to where the fog obscures you know what the what the uh, draw distance can't process 
of making you think, you know, what could be out there? What could be hiding? Like take, um, like, you know, how in, in Silent Hill, you know, the team Silent Ones, <clears throat> when you're in a level, like say the hospital or the apartment, there's always those doors that, that you cannot open. Like the lock is jammed. You can't open it. And it's always a room. And it's always the rooms that you need to get into to complete to progress in the game are the only ones that open. That that was one of the oh, things really- that was one of the scarier aspects because you see all the freaky shit in the in the rooms that you can go into, like the monsters, the the distraught environments, the sounds. And that was one of the things that were were that's just a small aspect. Like I always wondered, like what's behind all these damn doors, like. Like, like if all these if all these unspeakable horrors are being shown to me in these doors that I'm able to open, I could. It's hard to imagine. I don't even want to imagine what could be behind these 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 shut ones. It's it's like with Silent Hill with the Silent Hill games. It's always like it's a world filled with doubt, and there are all sorts of things to further shroud that doubt to make you you know second guess yourself or make you make you you know, question whether or not, do I want to, do I want to stick my hand in this hole that has a key in it? Or do I want to, I want to go into this room where this mm-hmm. happened and whatnot. Always those games that brings the feeling of doubt from the player character to the person holding the controller in his hand in front of the TV. That's the way I see it. Oh yeah. Okay. If any of that made any sense to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I always find Silent Hill stuff way hard to explain sometimes, even when I'm trying to explain it to someone who's like really, really smart. Like it's something it's it's one of those games it's hard to the horror's hard to properly pin down, and that's one of the beautiful things about it, in my opinion. Yeah, sounds fine. Yeah, that sounds fine, actually. I don't think we can add to that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what 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 can you add? You know. All right, let's move on to uh, number ten. If you could revive any dormant title for a new game that revolved around psychological elements slash psychological horror, then what would it be, and why should it be revived? To make the question more interesting and not a follow-up to the last question, the Silent Hill IP cannot be chosen. Alan Wake. They they really remedy really really another Alan Wake. Yeah. I w- I would have to go for Fatal Frame. Ooh. Fatal Frame still gets made though. That's the mm. thing. The last one I checked was like two, three years ago. Well, yeah. Oh, it or is it just for the Japanese market? No, it's it came out here for the Wii U or whatever. Oh, Wii U, who plays that? <laughs> <laughs> now you know what I mean. Like a proper, I, I don't care if it's PC or PS4, like just for, I don't know, a proper game. I, I know that with the Wii U, you have this kind of gimmicky kind of thing, I guess, that you can use the view controller as a camera. But yeah, I don't know. You could also do this in a like a 
uh, alternative reality sense that you do <laughs> can make a phone game out of it. <laughs> they tried making a Fatal Frame spin-off for the 3DS where you'd use the camera. I can just imagine people going outside, just like Pokemon Go, but at night. It was garbage. <laughs> no, you don't need that. That That's great. No. Nah, you just have nah, random nah, nah. things popping up on the screen. It was garbage. Yeah, that's what I imagined, actually. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, like a real, again, a really good Fatal Frame. I would play the shit out of that. Like Google Glasses or something. That would have been funny as shit. For VR. Oh, yes. A VR game in general with Fatal Frame would have been awesome. Yeah, I could really imagine that would probably make me shit my pants. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna be tired right now, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've been going for over two hours now. <laughs> yeah, two hours and four minutes. It's my Whoops. Damn. Yep. Flame run. Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> Ren. Your big-ass fucking topics. We're, we're a third through this dog. No. Oh, two-thirds, sorry. We're two-thirds mm. through this dog. Yes. Yeah. This Don't worry about long it. Long-ass podcast. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't All right, worry just speed through the next one then. No, nobody has any other answer though. What game would you revive? I, I, mine would be Alan Wake as well. That's my only. Um, game. I would say a dormant psychological horror franchise to to bring back. I would say maybe making a like maybe it would be nice to see a new uh, sanitarium. Where, like, you play as, like, another guy in the story, but you're also going through your own things, only it would it would be kind of cool to, like, see the dream, the dream worlds of other characters in that kind of game. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be an interesting premise. I don't know if, if the game I'm thinking of counts, because it's more of a survival horror game than anything. Uh, the Suffering. Oh. But yeah, I think know. that would because because like depending on your your choices and actions, you could determine if your character was the guy who like committed the murders or if he like tried to stop them. Or yeah. I think that would be kind of a psychological play, at least on the player. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, either way, that if it's not shout out to that game because that game is underrated. Right. It's on PS2, and I think. Xbox. It's on GOG as well, so play it. Oh, Both nice. Of them. Both of them. Nice. Yeah. Just play it. Uh, but yeah, I think that was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, number uh, 11. What are some some things that would break the immersion of a psychological horror game for me? Or for you, rather. Oh, boy. Uh, I Ooh, think I, I brought this up a lot on, on the podcast, buddy. In general, uh, spoilers. When it comes to a psychological horror game, I it's it won't have its effect on me if I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, we covered that earlier as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. If you take away that aspect of outside influences, what well within the game itself? I also, I think. Yeah. Well, like There's a, pretty a clear easy line between messing with your mind and just coming with, up with random shit. Mm. 
Yes. Because some psychological horror games, because I play a lot of shit games on Steam, there's this sin of thinking, I I want to be creative and mess with your mind type of way, but it just comes off as a five-year-old wrote it. If you understand what I'm saying. You Can know? you give an example? Alright, for example, if I'm going around and doing all of this stuff, right, and then the plot twist would be that I was the killer or whatever the fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't... You have to be very subtle about building something up like that, for example. But, for example, I've seen some games that try to do that thing, you know? But I don't know what this game's name was called, and I, I'm glad I don't, because I don't want to shout out the damn thing. But it just did that plot twist, but it didn't build up to that at all. Mm, if you know what no. I mean. So just make it subtle, and... It just yeah, dropped right. you. Yeah. It, it just dropped it on you. On you. Like, yeah, oh, you're, and you're the... Oh, okay. By the way, you're evil. Yeah, that's kind of Yeah, dumb. be more subtle and not in your face. Yeah. Mm. Mine's gonna sound really weird, but for me, what ruins every horror game is dying for some reason. As soon as I die the first time, the game is not scary anymore. Because for me, the, the most, like... Um, the most horrific point where you can be is right at the verge of dying. Yeah. And as soon as you go over that, then you're out of the game because, oh yeah, I died, I need to do it again. That's mm -hmm. that's kind of weird because in Amnesia, like I played, I guess, like four-fifths of that game without dying. And as soon as I died the first time, the horror faded away for some reason. And I think it's really that because if you realize that that you just can die and do it again, then it it becomes just a game and not a, a horror experience anymore for me at least. When you uh, when you uh, you're almost about to die all the time, but you don't quite die. Yes, that's perfect. I if if it's like that through the whole game, that's freaking perfect for me. When uh, when the uh, the game. Uh is either messing up with something or uh, characters uh, glitch or they don't move uh, quite how they should do. That's another immersion break. I remember very vivid, uh, vividly, sorry, uh, the exact point where uh, I was no longer scared of alien isolation. And it was about at the halfway point where uh, the xenomorph was in a room with me and I was hiding under a, a table and I was waiting for it to, to uh, check everything and either walk away or find me and kill me. And then as it was moving around, a traffic cone that was in the room became stuck to its tail and I was watching the, a xenomorph run around with a traffic cone stuck to its tail. <laughs> That, yeah, that, that, and as funny as that was, it did not make the xenomorph any more scary. Because every time I see it, I was like, hey, where's your buddy? <laughs> where's Traffic Cone? <laughs> Traffic Cone going to do his own game? <laughs> Traffic Cone isolation? Huh? Yeah. yeah. 
fuck. <laughs> I can play it. And, um, for me, I'd say the biggest immersion breaker in a psychological horror game, two things, on-screen button prompts and quick time events. God. Ooh. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, as soon, like, that was literally, like, because like, if you have those on, on the screen, like, even having, like, a life bar or something on the screen can kill your immersion in a, in a, horror, in a game where you want to, to feel something. I mean, if you want to play a game, then, then play a game. But in a psychological horror game, if it, it does its job if it makes you feel something. And, and, having a, and having a prompt on the screen that says, press A to open door, or A button, open door, when you're standing next to a door. It completely kills the immersion, you know. I'm supposed to feel something. Yeah. Like when, that's... like when, uh, like when Silent Hill: Homecoming and uh, what's that one on the PSP? Origins started doing that. They had like on-screen button prompts for QTEs and stuff. I hated that. I hated it when I. It just it just makes makes the immersion not good. And with good psychological horror, it has to immerse you. If it can't immerse you, it's just another action or another adventure game. Um, yeah. As far as um, oh, Murder Cell Suspect had that same issue, because I'm currently playing through it now, and it seems like the story's interesting so far, but everything's on the screen for you, and you don't feel like you're in the world that they set you up in. It's just you press A to do this and it's just there the moment you're next to something, like you said, with the interaction buttons. And that's the worst thing for that kind of game. You want mm -hmm. to just go through mm -hmm. and pick up on something, not just be next to it and say, okay, I have to click there and then go through the game. Um, I was going to say t with the, uh, the whole like idea of immersion too, like, I don't, I feel like that's one of those words that gets overused a lot these days. Something is immersive, therefore it's a good game. Um, and I think that's that's kind of like a... Um, it's kind of an issue, especially when it comes to like horror games, because the it, uh, one thing that I see get thrown around a lot these days is, oh, it's in first person. You're in the character. You are the character. Therefore, it is immersive, because you're experience it, experiencing the game all through first person. Um I feel like that's not really truly immersive. And if anything, that just kind of um when you've seen it done so many times after a certain point, that that actually, if anything, breaks the immersion because it's been done before. Because uh, I know we were talking about like the jump scares and stuff like that earlier. Um, so it's like I, I feel like to really get somebody um to uh be invested into a game especially like a psychological horror i think it doesn't have to deal with like oh switching the camera perspective to first person or having like a ton of button prompts and stuff like that i think what you really should be focusing on if you're a game developer is looking at uh what ways you could subtly um introduce new concepts and, and things of that nature uh, story elements and things of that nature that um, will eventually, you know, like uh, lead into an interesting story point or uh, a very well set up scare or, or set piece or, or whatever the case may be, um, rather than just saying, well, we just threw the game in first person. Well, we just have a bunch of button prompts. 
the story plays itself, right? It, it, it just doesn't work that way. But uh, unfortunately, I, I, I do see a lot of people say that that's, that's immersive now. So, yeah, hmm. that's not true. In uh, Dead Space, you are in third person, but you don't have a HUD because everything like life bars and everything is in the game. And even though it's not first person, that's very immersive because you never have to like go into an inventory menu. Your inventory is on your suit, so to speak. So yeah, 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 you can do it also in third person. You can do that very immersive as well. Yeah, right. and and as far as like third person is concerned too, like even if they didn't have like the uh, the suit life bar like in Dead Space, like uh, even like changing the way that the character moves, like like uh, Resident Evil did that uh, after the second game, where like after you took a certain amount of damage, your character starts to like limp and start moving slower mm. and slower the more damage you take. Stuff like that is more interesting because it's like if you're not keeping uh, a close eye on certain things and, and whether it be the environment or the character that you're playing as, um, that stuff could be very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It, it could be very uh, detrimental if you are not paying attention to the surrounding environment and what, what's going on with the character and stuff like that, as opposed to, well, there's a bunch of button prompts or the game is in first person. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that, that uh, the, the immersion has nothing to do with the UI or the, the, like, the camera at all. It's all about how the game captures your interest. Hmm. Definitely, yeah. I think yep. having button prompts in your game uh, if I if that won't necessarily break immersion, speaking of at least like Death Space Two, I can remember like there were button prompts, but they'll be like uh, uh, put uh, displayed like on a, a, an object or on a certain monster, which at least in some way does work as kind of like a, a, a kind of a meta thing. Or uh, in the case, I think the last game I played that had the, something like that would be the third season of The Walking Dead, where button pumps would be like displayed on uh, uh, on a zombie that you have to kill. That kind of works. I mean, yeah, I can understand why having button pumps at these situations would be a, nece uh, a necessity. Otherwise, you'll either have a very repetitive, like one button for everything, or, but yeah, I like having things like oh, press this button quickly to be like okay, or uh, move the move uh, the mouse, the 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 right stick to, to view the area. Like okay, yeah, I think I've uh, managed to figure out how to turn the camera. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah, just don't do it like Heavy Rain or God of War. That's that's a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> like the only games I think should have that is maybe Shenmue and God Hand. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> well, yeah, Shen Shenmue was made to be a QT experience, but um although that that's a whole nother subject for another day, but that I wouldn't yeah. mind talking about that one day and getting into some of the issues, but also some of the pros and cons. Well, yeah, pros and cons of that game, because it would be interesting. 
Uh, but uh, Shadowfire, are you trying to say something? No, I was going to say um, QTEs, all it is is um, Telltale games handle QTEs pretty well, given mm-hmm. what the type of games they are. Hmm. Makes sense. All right, everyone done? Does someone have something like that? Should we move on? Yeah. Good. <laughs> You mean cricket? Hang on, this this grasshopper. It's because the grasshopper wanted to chime in on the on the on the on the talk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what grasshoppers can enjoy video games too? <laughs> yeah. Evil within. I don't gonna... know why. Oh God! Ow, that hurt. That game hurts to hear about. Uh, uh I'm I'm sorry. So, what is the question exactly? A horror game that. You... Um. Oh, and and I heard somebody say the evil thin. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I it just didn't click for me. I think the part of the problem with that game. And and this is coming from somebody who absolutely loved the first game, even though uh, I acknowledge a lot of the flaws that it has. Uh, I think the biggest problem was the way that uh, Bethesda was ad- advertising that game, because they were really advertising that game as a return to survival horror and a return for Shinji Mikami's roots. But when you really go down to play it, it's uh, it's basically Resident Evil Four again. And that's not to say that it's bad for doing that. And there are moments where uh, they they do feel pretty tense. Like my my favorite chapter in that game uh, was chapter seven because I really felt like the keeper was a, a very tense monster to go up against. But um, because of the way that it was advertised, it just really didn't feel like um, what was being advertised was necessarily true uh, to the fullest extent per se. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna get crucified for this, but. I quit Silent Hill 3 after like two and a half hours. I could not, I tried that game and it just, I don't know, something about it, like I think I was in the subway at at one point. I don't think I've even uh, made it to the uh, whole mirror scene. I just, I don't know. Something about the story just didn't uh, quite link with me. Also, because like I, before I even started the game, I already knew what the end, what the the twist would be, how the ending would work, uh, what what was up with different characters. So that already like took a lot of like the enthusiasm of like the mystery of this horror game uh, away. It just I don't know. Maybe I'll try. And- play that game one more time but I don't think I'll ever play farther than that than that it goes back to what we talked about earlier actually hmm. if, if you really think about it you know yeah it's especially especially in the case of like these these kind of uh, like cyclized horror games like if you if before you even start the game, you already have like several like uh, 
uh, of its like more rabid fans like telling oh yeah this is the greatest game ever oh it's so fucking scary oh it's the best game ever made oh and this and this, and this is the twist and at the end this happens and then oh did you see this oh yeah i had this did you have this secret and you go you get this this ending yeah. and i'm like they they are just so in, uh, they are so willing to just throw everything about their game just at you and you're like, okay, well, is there any point of me even playing this game? About yeah, that? it really is the biggest problem with psychological horror games is that uh, it, don't spoil it. It breaks <laughs> the entire thing. It really does. It's like I, I don't, I don't blame you for not liking that game. I mean, if I knew everything that was gonna happen the prior, it's that it's really no point in playing this at all. You know? I think yeah. that could be said about a lot of games, though, too. Right. Uh, like, although... like a lot of like a lot of JRPGs and stuff, I think. I call I would call this the Undertale syndrome because Undertale for me was a great game, but a friend of mine had this experience totally ruined because somebody told him about how this, what the game was about. Oh, the story. That, that is crap. That's... Yeah, that ruins the game for you, and why should you play it then? It's yeah, it's, it's really it sucks. Yeah, and and I think I think part. Part of the problem also comes with like who's like really pushing it and who's really like you know overhyping games and stuff like that because um you can get people who hype up a game say it's the greatest fucking thing ever but then you know you you can break it down from either just playing it or you know you start if it's like a franchise and it has uh previous iterations and stuff like that it's it's the latest sequel uh it it comes off as um you could, you could look into that stuff and it's just like, well, this game isn't that great and uh, sales numbers don't really lie per se and it seems like people were not happy with this iteration or, uh, you know, I've already been told everything so I don't really want to go through that experience. Uh, granted, there are some games where it's like you can be given the experience and, and told about the experience and, and it's just fine. But I think that varies especially if you're talking about a horror game where uh the best aspect of a horror game uh should be the fear of the unknown and the fear of not knowing what you're going to be encountering mm -hmm. because when you have people telling you oh well this is going to happen that's going to happen it it, it kind of it kind of does ruin that and i, I can kind of see that uh point um although at the same time i guess you could make the argument well you're gonna go through it anyway and um you know would you rather just play the game just because it's because of the style that it's in and and just say that you've had that experience and, and stuff like that i i think it's gonna vary from person to person really um but i could definitely see that point where it's like if you're told everything about the game it, it can ruin the experience or demotivate people from going through the entire game something mm. like that you know mm. sure yeah. Yeah. And what was that a franchise you couldn't get into? Also? No. Nah. Let's move on to uh, uh, number 13 then. Alright? Mm -hmm. okay. So, what is needed to personally scare you when it comes to psychological horror or other subgenres of horror games in general? Hold off your answer. Hold your answer off if games don't scare you at all. Um, I will say this, and it kind of ties into uh, num number 14, which is about virtual reality. You know? Mm. And it's that games don't scare me. 
they rarely do, unless they're really immersive. Or there is there is other there's only two instances where a game scares me. It's either if one, they're really immersive for at least I might be scared initially for an hour or two. But it it wears off after a while, you know, very quickly, you know? Or yeah. uh, number two put Give me a virtual reality headset and spider-looking things jumping towards my face. <laughs> no, fuck that, I'm out. You know, because I played Farpoint. It's got these, like, spider-like little creatures, you know? Like, they're, they don't even really look like spiders. They look more like that. You guys know headcrabs from, from Half-Life? Oh, yeah. They kind of look like yeah. that, only more spider-like? And they jump towards <laughs> your face. There's some oh. of that is... Uh, I'm staying away from that game, you know? <laughs> it's, I play that can't for say I blame half you. an hour. Half an hour. I, 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 I could not play anymore. I was just like, oh, fuck this! Fuck this! And I just threw that head and <laughs> I'm out. You know? So, yeah. um, that's my well, answer. I'm kind of... I'm kind of the same way with Martin, uh, sort of with the as far as like my, how my answer is going to be, where it kind of ties into number fourteen as well. Um, but it actually, I'm kind of the opposite. What m for me, I think the the problem is is that I would actually rather if a developer is going to make a horror game, um, they should actually avoid doing first person because it's been done so much. And granted, I know the argument can be made, well, third person and uh, whether it be over the shoulder or like a fixed camera angle style has been overdone as well. But um, I don't think as much to the extent as first person as of, as of late in, in recent years. Um, I would say do something where if you're going to do it, make it very, very different, uh, very... Um, like play mind games with me, I guess, where it's like I'm I'm really thinking about what's going on and and what's behind the next corner or what's behind the next door or stuff like that. Um, and and just to answer number fourteen, um, VR uh, that that is a very interesting question because a lot of people are very interested in in that subject, uh, interested in what that sort of tech can bring because we um, brought in. The tech to actually uh, i wouldn't necessarily say perfect it but it, it is at a point where it's it's far more of an interesting topic where people are are willing enough to try it out and see what what that will do for the future of gaming um and of course a lot of people like to say well vr and they go straight to horror games and while that's great and all, and I understand that some people would like to maybe play older games with that different sort of perspective and whatnot as an option, or if the game is already in first person with VR, you know, I understand that there's a want for that, but um, personally, it kind of goes back to the um, the first person stuff. It's It's because of how overdone it is, I just don't have any personal interest in it. Um, granted, if it's like a game where it's like, you know, playing it normally without the VR stuff, you can play it in third person in whatever perspective you want to play it in, uh, or whatever perspective it was made in. But then, uh, if you have the VR headset and you want to try it in VR and play the game in a completely different, uh, viewpoint, then I don't, 
I'm not against the option of that. Um, just as long as it's not like, hey, it's a VR game. It's first person only because of the fact that we're just bringing in VR support. We're not actually just... Um, we're not actually making a game, a psychological horror game, or just any kind of horror game, uh, just for the fact... Uh, just for the sake of making a game that's scary or just has the theme of horror in it. Uh, as opposed to, well, there's VR, so we just want to develop something for VR and say that we brought something to the table. It just, uh, to me, that just doesn't really seem to work. No. Yeah. Well, what I would say for number 13, what I really like in, in these kind of horror games is when it's a story about something like an urban legend or like a folklore tale, especially from things that I don't yet know about, that's what really draws me in most of the time. Especially if it's, yeah, these urban legends that you could in some way kind of think that they might have some truth to it, you know? So that even if you stop playing the game, you still think about this and might even encounter situations where you would think about it. And that's, I think, the most effective thing for me, especially with uh, a lot of these um, Eastern uh, Japanese urban legends, because they're so obscure and not really known here. Yeah, you mm. ask Relogs, he, he almost cracked his pants. <laughs> there is actually, uh, b before you continue, there's actually uh, one urban legend that I know of where, um, at least as far as a Japanese uh, horror urban legend is concerned where you're crossing a bridge uh and there might be a lady wearing like a mask and oh, she'll ask you if uh, she thinks if you think she's pretty and then she'll take off the mask and she's got like this fucked up smile yes uh, and if you say if you say yes or no you're gonna die so the best answer to give is that you've got to go and you can't answer her question yeah you have to startle her with that and then you can escape i have a movie about that I love it. Can we can we stop talking about that? <laughs> we, should, we should all all send Relock some pictures of that. I did that. Oh, that's entirely off topic, by the way. So. All right. Well, yeah. well, I mean, well, I no, I, I think that kind of can tie in because, like, if I think that could could actually work because, like, you know, if you have a, a game that pulls up like different like legends and stuff like that and like ties it in and does something different with that, that that would be pretty interesting. That would be scary. I completely agree with that. Yeah, no, definitely. Like you've got Slenderman, like probably the most popular one where you know it's based on folklore. But I think for me, when it comes to um, what would really scare me in horror games, a little girl ghost, hate that, and <laughs> any sort of like par slight paranormal activity. So pretty much like anything that's similar to the first fear game. I'm good to go. And even though I completely agree with Dom and everyone else pretty much that first person's been overdone, third person just doesn't seem to scare me because I like being able to turn my head. I think if I'm in a situation, I can turn my head and still keep running. Generally, if you're in a first person game, you turn your head and you have to walk backwards if you need to do that. And I think that's kind of what makes first person psychological horror games or just survival horror games that tag bit more effective for me rather than third person because i can stand in one place bend the camera around and i'm good to go but i think that's where it comes back to um i can't remember who said it earlier but fixed 
camera angles are really good as well because you can only see certain parts of the screen. So fixed camera angles and first person, little girl ghost, slight paranormal activity. I'm scared. Mm. I think uh, going off of that, by the way, uh, I think like really the more more ideal thing to do would be like give players the choice of how they want to experience the game. Yeah. Like if they want to experience it in first person, you know, let them experience it that way. Or if they want to experience it in third person, let, let them experience it that way. It, it should be all about uh, giving the players, uh, you know, different choices, whether it be through game options or actual gameplay. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, Skyrim, and Skyrim and Fallout do it as well. So why yeah. shouldn't other games? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know this isn't a psychological horror game, but uh, Daymare 1998 is actually doing that, uh, where you can either play it in Resident Evil 4 action shooter style or uh, classic fixed camera angle mode. Nice. Yeah, I think a lot of FPSs do that, where you can shoot, well, not necessarily FPSs, but third person versus first person. Quite a few mm. games that aren't horror definitely do that. Yeah. Well, I guess they do. They do not that don't do that in horror that much because a lot of like jump scares are very much um, uh, reliant on you looking at something yeah. at a certain time, and so you might miss it if you don't. So yeah, I, I can see why they wouldn't, but it would be nice if they did. I think that can work sometimes because that jump scare could lead you into something later on. But because you miss that jump scare, you're like, what the fuck is this shit when you get to a certain point? So oh, it yeah. It could work. It might not work. Had that uh, done to me in VR a few times. Indeed. <laughs> All right. This is my turn to answer the question. Sure. Yeah. So what's needed to personally scare me in a horror game? Um... <laughs> I think I made a partial list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I start naming things, that will take a long fucking time. But I'll just say this. I'm, I I don't handle horror games well. You can give me a allocated game, tell me it's horror, I'll be scared to start it. <laughs> just name it horror and I'll be fucking terrified of it. For some reason, I can't do horror games. Like, it's... Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, for example, I, I played Home Sweet Home, like, uh, the, last weekend with uh, Martin. He was in the call with me, like, guiding me. Hello. And uh, the day before... Was it? I think it was the day before that. I planned on playing that game. I sat in that menu of the game for four hours without even daring to press play. <laughs> <laughs> I had four hours played in the game without even starting it because I was too scared to start the game. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, By so way, uh, Redox, video game menu. Wait, hold on. Redox, can you, can you tell them what happened while you were waiting? <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, 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 sure. So, this is this is actually really fucking amazing. Like, it's a genius fucking move by the the guys who made the game but it made me like not not be able to play it for even longer so like i said i was sitting in there for four hours after two hours like i i was just sitting there like contemplating i, I had my obs everything set up to like start playing the game and also just contemplating if i should really play it now or not then all of a sudden a lamp that in the main menu like you you see bars and like trash bags and like a, a lamp you know like a lot what's it called those long ass lamps 
Like it just hanging from the ceiling, like swinging back and forth. After two hours, it fell down and exploded. <laughs> it scared the living fuck out of me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some games that do that to you if you linger too long. But I mean, two hours. <laughs> it took two hours. Yeah, I mean, it there's this famous... Um, famous um, scare in black and white, I think it is, it, which is not a horror game. But if you play that for long enough, um, <laughs> the game will start whispering your name, which is oh. kind of creepy. And it it, it kind of took that name from, I don't know, I, maybe your computer name or yeah, something. Yeah, it it scanned your computer for your name, basically. And if it found it after like two or three hours in game, it suddenly will start to whisper your name. I believe it's your username. Uh, yeah, you, or you know what I do if that happened? I'd shut the game off, uninstall it, reinstall my computer, throw my computer out, burn it, buy a new computer. Done. I'd, I'd start calling a priest and maybe the Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I first time had that happen, that was fucking scary. Believe me. I looked around the room like, several times. It would whisper a really long screen name and I would be like, wrong guy. <laughs> He'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, my bad, where is he? Wrong number, dude, wrong number. Oops. Yeah, wrong, wrong number, guys. call this number instead. Yeah, just uh, just start saying Martin. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to run away scared. He's actually going to run, run towards you looking for you. I promise you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 100%. He's just going to be like, yes, where's the bed? <laughs> okay, never mind then. Never mind. Then. Just like, there's a ghost wanting to molest me. Yes. <laughs> like... Yes. Does she have titties? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my ass is getting haunted tonight. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. my. Fuck oh you my. <laughs> Did uh who else didn't go yet? Um, I didn't. Uh I guess what wouldn't unless someone else wants to go before me. Go ahead. Alright. Um I guess I guess what would, you know, kind of make me have chills in a psychological horror game. It's when this may sound kinda mundane, <clears throat> but um when I see when I see or hear things off in the distance that like that, like I can't. Like my player character has no method of reaching or finding out anything about, it unless you know I hack the game or something. Like you guys will probably laugh at this, but one of the scariest games I ever played was the PlayStation One version of Doom. Any of you guys familiar with that version of Doom? I know that. Kinda. The only thing I know about it is that it had different kind of music. It had different music and different sounds, sounds to make it seem more, more creepy and ambient and crap. So like, like when you hear like monsters off in the distance, it sounds all echoey and they made them sound more ferocious. So like hearing those, hearing those monsters groaning off in the distance in these dark areas, cause they like changed the lighting in the doom game in those, in that version of doom to make it scarier. Um, just hearing and seeing all that stuff, and again, going back to Silent Hill 2, what's that noise? It's Shadow Pyro's phone. Oh, answer My your bad. phone, bro. <laughs> anyway, um, it's, those it, it's always, 
Yeah, but so the ghosts, they're calling you. Um, it would be, I guess what I'm trying to say is more like the element of the unknown. It's what chills me out. Like, you only get vague details about stuff that's off in the distance or stuff that's, you know, you're coming towards or is coming towards you. But it's just enough to make you ponder, like, what it could be. Like, like in, like in Silent Hill Four, for example. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you guys played enough into that, where you're in the, uh, where you're going down uh, this spiral staircase repeatedly, and there's all kinds of creepy stuff in the background that you just want to stop and look at and wonder what the hell that is. Stuff like that. That's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff I like in a survival, uh, survival horror, psychological horror kind of game like the kind that even when even when it's sort of presented to you it gives a vibe of the unknown or the creepiness that you know you have no idea what this could be but it if i'm pretty sure it's damn near unpleasant i definitely agree with, with you on that one because uh, uh once again game i played this weekend like yeah it was uh, like a part where you're supposed to face a really fucking large dude but I looked out the window in the game and you saw like far away, you saw like a big, a purple light, like you floating by, like really far away, like something walking there. Like I don't still don't know what it is. I've completed the part with the big guy. I still don't know what the fuck that thing was. It still creeped me the fuck up. What game? Uh, home Sweet Home. Oh, I don't think I played that one. Play it. It's terrifying. What's it on? Uh, PC. What year did it come it's out? It's the game with the light, by the way, that he talked about earlier. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hang on. I can look that up real quick. Because if it's Wait. too new, my computer probably won't Wait. be able to play Reloads. it. This is not how you get views on YouTube. Tell them to look up your stream of it instead. Yeah, <laughs> no. there you go. You're doing it wrong. Uh, it's from 2007. Oh, my computer might actually be able to run it now. Awesome. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, but stuff like that is definitely thing. scary. I can agree with that as well. Yeah. Okay. We move on. Sure, I don't have anything else yeah. to add. Hmm. Sure. No objections from me. Martin! Sure, why not? Yeah, good. All right, all right. No, number 14, that was the question about the VR. Do you think virtual reality adds anything to the table, especially when it comes to psychological horror genre, in your own personal opinion? And we kind of would... discussed this already, uh, uh, but I'll, I kind of... Uh, I'm going to elaborate further on it. I think it definitely can, uh, but it overall depends on how it's done, just like with any genre, you know? Hmm. It depends on how I would, it's done. Uh, I would some, actually... There's some really no. good... Uh, horror games for the VR. As much as there's so many horror games that are total ass on the VR. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I would actually say for the uh, psychological horror genre, it actually doesn't do that much. Because psychological horror should mostly happen in your mind and not on the screen. It helps a lot with jump scares, I can tell you that. That definitely. Jump scares are a whole lot scarier. Like a metric fuckton scarier in VR. But psychological horror, I I wouldn't say it really enhances that. The payoff of the jump scare will be bigger. But I don't know. 
As, and as well, as I said before, you, you tend to miss jump scares in VR. I did a lot. Because you look the other way. You're not forced to look in a certain way. And sometimes you, you, you glitch to, through a wall or something like that. So I don't really think it helps psychological horror. It helps like classical jump scare horror. I, I think uh, as far as the jump scare is concerned, it, that has to do more with the sound design. Um, the sound design is very, very key when it comes to that, because if you have the right sound cues and, and if you set it up right, then it plays along well, because um, you could just turn down the volume on like some of these first person jump scares and you know, the guy <laughs> pops up or whatever, but it's not scary because you just don't have that sound cue. Yeah, that helps, I guess. But in, if you compare it to like normal jump scares, Turning down the volume helps, but what you can't do in VR, what you could do in normal games, is just look away, turn away from the screen. That You can't do that in VR, really, because it happens all around you, basically. You might miss the jump scare, but it's still... Yeah, you can, you can, it's, it's all dark around you, and I don't know. I, I really think it helps jump scares, but yeah. I don't think it's, it's really... Uh, something that will help psychological horror that much. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I'd say, like, maybe... Maybe maybe the, uh, the VR could help in a psychological sense if, like... If, like, you can use the VR to, like, maybe explore things, like... I guess maybe for the immersion, like, have those controllers where you can, like where it'd be like you're moving your hands around, but you'd probably have just, like, severed arms floating around, and that would just completely kill it whatsoever. I personally wouldn't really go for the VR, because, again, it's just, you know, another screen. Like, I think the best way to experience psychological horror, you don't really need VR, just, just like, have your TV on, you know, your monitor, whatever. Maybe darken the room a little bit and just turn and, like, turn off all the sound like turn off your phone you know shut the window in case there's noise going on outside mm. i don't think really in my personal opinion as far as i'm aware vr i don't think it can unless there's like something unless there's like some big new breakthrough that someone can can do in a with a vr headset to make you know psychological horror more engrossing and immersive I, and I can't really think of anything off the top of my head unless unless you guys know of anything mm. no I, there's also a problem with the movement in VR that really breaks a lot of immersion in games that most of the time you move via teleport in VR and that takes you right out of the game most of the time uh -huh. so unless totally. they fix that in uh, get a good movement system going for VR, then yeah, that's that's something that will take you out of the horror experience. Yeah, I'd say if you use VR for a horror game, it should be a sit-down VR type. Like, not stand up and yeah. walk around, you sit down and you have the, the headset as the screen, nothing else. And have, like, play the game with a controller or a keyboard yeah, and mouse exactly. or whatever. Yeah, I think that's the most effective solution, actually. So, what if... What if a uh, VR uh, horror game has an, uh, a part where it makes you think that there's something 
in the room with you ah, fuck that, as, you're, as you're playing <laughs> VR, but you can't see it. Nah, I, well, I would not out. play that game because that would annoy me. If, 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 if it can fuck with your mind that much that you actually think that, then holy shit, then it's a good game. I think no, that idea is getting never worked on. Play, ever. I think that idea might be getting worked on as we speak. I, I'm what? sure of it. What you can do, of course, the VR, at least the Vive headset, has a front camera. You know what you could do with that? Oh, we should fucking stop mentioning reality. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's oh. not okay. That would, oh, God, that would fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. I'm behind you. Yes. Even if Holy shit. It would work. That would work you so open, well. You open up your fridge and there's like a monster that jumps out at Fuck. you. <laughs> Stop it. But, yeah, like getting back to that thing, like where you said, uh, where they're supposed to trick you that something else is in the room. Like, have you guys seen the like the new technology that they're working on in in Japan with uh, the movie theaters, no. where they have like they they show you a movie, but uh, like instead of like it's like. 3d but they the monsters and shit are actually walking in the aisles and like they can come up from underneath your seat and like grab a, grab onto you and you'll feel it oh shit oh dude no. that's gonna no. cause freaking that's gonna that's... kill some old people who want to go see that movie or something yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna, if, I'm if gonna implement that something. if they <laughs> implement that in a game they won't just kill old people they'll kill me as well yes 100 <laughs> you should play like, it you... I'm like gonna play die. the game and some yes, guy goes play. through your door. Like you're sitting in your chair playing this VR headset and then like some guy comes through your door and he's like, Hi, I'm with the people oh, who played this shit. game. I'm gonna grab your ankles. Oh I already God. have that at home. I have two cats who periodically touch my leg <laughs> when I play and that <laughs> scares the shit out of me already. So maybe you're maybe you're cats the are... funniest thing ever. The yeah. game would be like, look in your camera. And he would like show the camera feed or whatever. And then I'll just see my dad walking past, like half, half naked. Like, Hello! So, that would scare the machine. We still know. They get a soda. That would be funny. Yes. Yeah. But what if, it, like, you do that? Like, if this a game prompts you to, like, look in your, in your camera and you actually have someone standing in front of you when it does. Like, that thing you said about the, with the camera, if they change that kid, if they add something. Like yeah, a 3D picture, like in front of you. Yeah, some that glowing would, eyes would, in the that dark would, that or something. Would fuck me up. Oh yeah, it'd me be, too. It'd probably be some kind of alternate of augmented VR game. You could also play with your phone or something. I guess is like a secondary component. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, the ghost can the ghost can bother you while you're at work or something. Oh, <laughs> like shit. like as you're playing the game, your phone will go off and you'll get weird text messages but it's actually like oh. from the game itself oh yeah it could take it could take your, your oh. if you take selfies it, it would take these and then add something in the background right like oh. get a selfie of yourself and there's like a picture of a vampire or something in the background yes it, it would have to be like directly it would have to be directly from an app though um, yeah i guess and it would and it would have to like I guess you would have to be able to allow the app to have access to certain other apps because it would have to be paired up with it. But the, I think well, that would be creepy if there were like hackers using that kind of game to get people's, you know, geological data of their house or something. 
What the fuck? No. There is something, I'm not sure it's along those lines, but there's something very creepy around the dark net that you can play. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it, uh, because dark web is scary and, and dangerous. But there is a yeah. game. I'm yeah, not going oh, near that thing, no. the dark web. Uh, like, speaking of that shit, like, imagine, like, for, uh, like, register, like, making an account for that game, you enter your phone number. And it will call you with, like, <sighs> weird fucking voices and shit. Oh like, god, yeah. I'm legit freak freak out. Like I'm I'm, I'm 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 uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Wasn't there a thing like that in Japan where you could call a number and it and it would do like the ring thing as a promo? Yeah. Like, Seven days. <laughs> well the the thing with that shit was that it it would keep going, like it wouldn't stop. Yeah. It would like you called up a pissed telemarketer and you fucked up <laughs> but it was scary but yeah i would say we're drifting kind of off topic here. yeah <laughs> a little bit still scared me though everything scares you boo so are we going to uh, the final question yes yeah and sure no <laughs> yes. That was quick. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, we didn't even have, we didn't even get to reading the question. He's just like, no. <laughs> uh, to sign off this podcast, if someone paid you a million dollars to visit Silent Hill alone, what would be your answer, and what weapon would you take? Uh, first of all, uh, you'd be fucking dumb unless if you get me the alien abduction ending or the fucking uh, what is it, the dog ending from Silent Hill Two. <laughs> Um, although I'd I'd rather be abducted by Harry Mason and James, so that way they can like you know give me a fucking blunt or something in the spaceship. Hell yeah! I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but as far as like a weapon, uh, dude, take the fucking crowbar. <laughs> like the crowbar is gonna be the best fucking weapon hands down, or a pipe. Yeah, because a crowbar is like solid steel. I don't think you'd be able to destroy those under your own power, you know? I will say this. Yes, if I get the leave ending and where's my spas 12? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, where's, your, where's my sexy game? <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is, um, the gamer in me would say, yes, of course I would go, because I'm so much smarter than all the characters in that game, and I will totally <laughs> ace that. But yeah, no, probably not. But weapon-wise, yeah, probably some kind of melee weapon, something very solid. I don't know, like a, maybe an axe or a mace or something like that, something you could just smash people's faces in, and that does not take a lot of skill to use. Something like that. Uh... That, um, I, I think I'd go. Um, the inquisitive person in me would say, yeah, let's see what crazy contraptions that my mind can think of for the guilt or whatever um, would happen. I think I, I've got a good hold on what I don't like and like and all that jazz about myself. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and I, as long as I have a guarantee I can leave, that's, that's a good thing. Um, for weapon, does it have to be like a normal weapon? Because I'd probably want to take Pandora's box. It would oh, have so to, you want to be guessing like a like a conventional yeah, weapon, like a like a sword or a gun or something. That's what I'm guessing. If we're going with regular weapons, I would say something along the lines like a used to open doors and everything. But if I'm going to be flashy, I'm going to take a sword. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sh- um, Shadow of Pyro wants to be Dante for the day. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. No I can one, relate to that. No one is oh. using a good weapon like a Spaz 12. It must for everything. Off. It must for elephants. Will, you will run out of elephants. ammo after one okay. minute. I guarantee Ow. you that. Could I bring your doors with the thing? It must Sir, I'm going to stop you. Look, I'm gonna stop you right there because if you didn't fucking pick an AA12, then you fucked up. True. <laughs> True. Okay, look, look. Okay, I know this is really off topic, but a real AA12 you could literally hold with two fingers while it's going off in full auto. It's that easy to uh, to you control. Know, this question doesn't specify if stuff is gonna happen when you arrive at Silent Hill. What if you arrive there and it's just a regular time? And you're like, oh fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good um, point. <laughs> I was, I was actually going to bring that up because of the uh, how the town's spiritual power works. Like, like if it was just any of us, and we went there, it would just be a normal town. We'd see like you know kids walking home from school, you know people driving their cars. But if we got called to by the town by the to the town by its power, like what happened in Silent Hill Two, that's when the freaky shit would happen. <laughs> I just like, imagine you're arriving there, like, packed full with weapons, like, and there's just children like, like all the guy around from, you. Like the guy from Doom, you're packed, like, a chain gun and two different <laughs> shotguns and a BFG and yes. maybe a chainsaw. Well, I, you're I, going feel there. Like, I feel like if I went there, I would sort of have a similar experience to James, only because of, like, any personal depression and then just uh you know how it's implied in the story with like some of the uh, or not the story but with some of the enemies that uh he was uh really like lustful and would uh mm. like pretty mm-hmm. much masturbate or or, or uh, cheat on uh, mary Bigger yeah that was like that, that was so, like, primarily I... why a lot of the monsters uh, looked had like you know sexualized female features like the lying figure had the had like the hips and the bust of a woman the nurses even those mm-hmm. hanging things had like those hanging things on the grates had like f- feminine features on them. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the like monsters similar to that I I, I would encounter. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, if it, the town only um, if you're like pure and and free of sin, you don't really see anything. But yeah, if, if you're, you're yeah, I like you got how darkness... you just fully admitted to being filled with lust. Well, aren't yeah, you got a problem with that? I like titties. We I like dick, so no, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> so um, I, like, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Yeah. Big ass thighs and titties. I actually have a funny answer yes, for this. I would, yes, I would go because it's it's a million dollars. I could probably live off that for the rest of my life, you know. If you survive, uh, and if you live, <laughs> yeah. If uh, if I live, and the weapon I would go, I would you know take with me simply because if you played the Silent Hill games, except for the bosses, a lot of the monsters in that game aren't very strong. You ever notice that? Like they're. Mm. Despite how creepy and disturbing a lot of the monsters are, it's not really that hard to kill them. So I would say maybe I'd probably bring like a hand axe because that was the deadliest weapon in Silent Hill 4. Um, I don't know what I'd see, though. I'd probably see like if I was called to the town's p- power, I'd probably see like a bunch of uh, a bunch of stuff related to pets. Because when I was growing up, I had I had a lot of attachment to my to my pets so i so i often felt really sad when they when they like when my uh my my first dog ran away or when my first cat uh 
uh, got sick and died. So you're telling me you're, like you think you're going to survive like motherfucking hellhounds and weird ass cats climbing all over the fucking place with Is a hand axe? This why you bring shotguns? Agreed. <laughs> yeah, but here's the problem. A shotgun eventually runs out of ammo. Unless, unless and you run out like, of stamina. Whereas, 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 like, there's been dog and cat monsters in Silent Hill games for a long time, and I always, like, in Silent Hill 1, those dog monsters, so easy to bring down with the, with the lead pipe. Same thing with 4, lead pipe or the, uh, the hand axe, so easy to bring them down. Well, awesome, um, but you'd probably run out of stamina quite fast. Although... I will say you you might have a point with the uh, shotgun because then if you run out of ammo, you could just turn it into a bat and be a fucking Majima Goro from uh, Yakuza for the day. Fucking <laughs> oh, like, like, <laughs> just monsters. yeah, b bat off baseballs with the uh, with the shotguns and start beating them <laughs> like it's a like shotgun. Hold, like hold uh, the shot, mind. like hold the bar, like hold the shotgun by the barrel like it's a baseball bat or something. Yeah. <laughs> that is pure psychological horror. It, it's just Majima in your head being like, this is the part where you're supposed to laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's the irony. I'm yeah. beating you to death with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Right, so my answer for that one is everyone already know. Like, the gamer in me would say, fuck you, go to hell. The me in me should say, fuck no! And okay. I would That's definitely not do dollars. I don't give a shit. You can give me $100 million and I'd probably do it, but no, I would not do it. I would, I, I, may, no. I maybe go if I know that the bosses are all work according to the system from Silent Hill 1, which is if you go into the fight with zero bullets, the bosses automatically die. <laughs> Yep, you, that's how you can beat the final boss in yeah. Silent Hill One. Just have just have no ammo whatsoever, and it'll yeah. just it'll just drop dead. Yeah, if if I knew ahead of time that I'll just get a gun with no bullets, and then everything just immediately dies. Or just before you go in the room, just take all your bullets and stuff and just throw them off like a a cliff or something. That's that's my strategy. <laughs> go into Silent Hill and see all my fucked up shit in my head. <laughs> I, I, like that. Good. I like that. Like you, you, you go there, like the, the weapon you take is like a shotgun with no ammo. And you yeah. get there and it's not like the game. You get to face the pyramid head without anything. <laughs> good luck. Or, it would, or they would be like, you know, monsters that are like covered with metal plating. So your shotgun's utterly useless. Well, he still uh, doesn't have any have armor pe piercing rounds, but that's a it, whole nother thing. Yeah. Depends on what, what kind of metal. It could be Kevlar. Mm. Just the thick, rusty metal that Silent Hill games have on a lot of things. And you'll find out at the end that we're listening to way too much metal music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I know what Renegade Silent Hill would be. What? It would just be Barney Dinos. from Barney, like the dinosaur, or whatever. 
<laughs> he'd be chased for everything he would and he he would have he would have like what's the green what's the green dinosaur's name on that show bed bot or whatever it'd be chasing oh, that thing yes. would be the pyramid head to ren he'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the hospital and then sexy uh sexy just all around <laughs> all right yeah I have nothing good, else to add to that, stuff. though. <laughs> That's great. We made it through 15 questions in over three hours. Ooh. Holy Jeez, shit. Please. Yeah, this is the longest fucking podcast Yeah, we've we just passed three hours. Shit. Yep. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, I mean, it was a great discussion. Um, yeah. You know, definitely, even though we kind of diverged into some stuff, it all kind of tied back and we, you know, brought up a, a lot of different points and stuff like that. So I think... Uh, you know, despite it being very long, it was a very entertaining conversation. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I would say so. Indeed. Yes. So, you want to wrap up? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you all can find me as biodevil underscore dom on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Wait, who, who said you could plug your shit, Dom? We always plug our shit, you faggot. You can find me as DoperWTE on YouTube and DoperWTEGE uh, underscore on Twitter, where I do things sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Shadow Partner, working with Partner. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under DS Para. I do stuff and videos and things. Okay. I like the things part. Okay. You can <laughs> find me on YouTube under Psycho Render. You can find me on Twitter under Psycho Render. Also, uh, shout outs to uh, Barty. I mean, Renegade. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Redox. You're next. All right, you can find me at Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube as Relux Games. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, everyone got to the end of this point. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. So you can find me as Shadow nineteen ninety CH on Twitter, YouTube, and the Twitch. Even though I don't stream that much, but anyway, I'm playing games and do VR stuff weekly. So come and check it out. All right. You can find me on Twitter at the Lost Jojo. You could find me on YouTube um, under the name Mr. Bastard Gamer, all one word. Um, I'm going to be doing for Halloween a let's a let's play of Silent Hill 2, the PC version, with mods that put it in proper HD. Um, you will be seeing part one of it on uh, the Infinite Ammo Syndicate uh, channel. And the rest will be on my channel, and I'm also doing a complete playthrough of the entire Fantasy Star series in celebration of uh, the first game's 30th anniversary. I'm six parts into Fantasy Star One so far, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do every single one up until PSO Online. All right, perfect. Oh, uh, as some X announcements, Dom, are you making a stream on Friday? I. Uh... 
either Friday or Saturday. Uh, one of those two days. It really depends. I, I want to do it on Friday, but it just really depends on how my um, how my work day is on that day. Um, but lo- launch weekend of The Evil Within on either Friday the 13th or Friday the 14th, I will... or I'm sorry, Friday the 14th. Uh, fr- uh, Saturday the 14th, not Friday. Uh, but Friday the 13th or Saturday the 14th, one of those two days, I will be streaming the game. Uh, I will stream a good chunk of the game, um, probably from like the first chapter all the way up until maybe the fourth chapter, fourth or fifth. Um, I do want to play that game on my own time, so I won't be streaming the entire thing, but I do want to give a, or do a good portion of the game uh, for you guys to check out. Um, and of course, I just have to set it up and all that too. So. I gotta add something in there. And talk, talk, we're talking about psychological horror. Mm. Having Friday both on 13th and 14th, that's, that's some horror shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have two Fridays in the week now. <laughs> My restless dreams. I see that date, Friday the fourteenth. <laughs> you promised me it was going to be Friday the thirteenth, Dom, but it never came. From that point onward, every day is going to be Friday. Oh, oh no! <laughs> now I'm alone here now in my misguided date. Also, another announcement: uh, Watch uh, Redog stream this Saturday as well. Yes. You can watch if you oh. have more time. Well, it's probably going to be awesome. Yeah, it's it's gonna gonna be stream the rest of the horror games. Yeah, and I might as well stream the Evil Within 2. Yeah. Cool. Although you're Hell doing yeah. that on your own, because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to play that game myself. Yeah, 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 it's so good. Yeah. <sighs> uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the f- So that's. Alright, take care everyone. Yeah. The stream is is brought to you by Health Drink. Watch your shit. Fuck Renegade. Take care. Blame Renegade. See you next time. Always blame him.